Movie and Top and your TARDIS is you're listening to Doctor Huh? 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 Why is why did they play what? Graham Norton over this one? Why he looked different than last one? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm your number one evening primrose fan, Jordan Canning. I'm your squeaky creaky freaky mannequin Sam Canning. <laughs> and we have a guest this week. Uh guest, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Grant. You might know me from uh, shows like Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, Sex Archie, or 15 years of Chip and Ironicus Let's Plays. Damn. Uh, I know you from, well, I mean, I've recorded extra credit with you, but <laughs> I I asked you to join us for this because I saw you posting about uh, what if you watched Doctor Who in in writer order. Yes, yes. That you was would like, be a madman, is what you would do. And I was like, "That's that's the kind of brain we need on this podcast." This is huge. So I'm sure that Sam briefed you on our deal, mm-hmm, uh, but we mm-hmm. watch random random episodes, which uh, for in practice seems to be that we just watch Jodie Whittaker episodes every single week for <laughs> for six weeks. And sometimes we have a good time doing that. Sometimes, and then sometimes we don't. But then. We said, okay, let's have a guest on, and then we rolled the uh, pilot episode, so that felt a little special. No, no, pilot is a different episode. Oh, we haven't seen right. that one yet. Uh, what a that fucking ballsy that move to just name an episode pilot. pilot. <laughs> 53 years or whatever into a show. I think Lost did something. I think they also had an episode called The Pilot. Speaking of, before we get into this, do you mind... Uh, Telling our listeners about your your Doctor Who uh, bona fides. Have you? Uh, how long have you been watching the show? Do you like the show, or do you kind of hate watch the show, or is it a mix of? Or is it like all Doctor Who fans, and it's kind of a mix of both? Yeah, you I claim to like Doctor Who. And name three doctors. Nothing. I. I <laughs> that's no way to live your life. If you're hate watching something right now, stop it. We don't. As a, as a person, love yourself. Yeah, spent, never yeah, done that. As a person who spent about what Sam? How many years? Two years? Two and a half years? Hate watching a show. Uh, huh? it's nice I don't remember that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to watch a good show, and I like this show. Uh, <laughs> how long have you been watching Doctor Who for? But uh, I have been watching Doctor Who since 2005. I did not start with this episode. I started with the second half of the one that follows. I just came across it flipping through the, the channels. There you uh, go. And like this... This doesn't look like other things. This doesn't feel like other things. No, I should really get involved doesn't. in this. And uh, here, here we are. Uh, what was this? Eighteen years later, and like it doesn't hit me the way it did when I was a teen. It's changed, so have I. But whenever there's a new season, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get something out of it. It's really I, cool coming back to uh, this era because I remember being a teen and watching Doctor Who. Uh, and I remember my, I was, you know, when you're a teen and you're like, ah, this is stupid. But like, I always thought the CGI was kind of crummy and cheesy and I didn't love it that much, but it was, I liked the show in spite of that. And now I'm watching it and I'm 20, 26 and I love the show because it looks like that. <laughs> like, I mean, it's literally so the good. only thing that I remembered from this episode was Mickey getting sucked into a putty patrol garbage can. <laughs> and it burps. And it burps. it burps. I did want to say, I thought it was really funny, uh, Grant, you and I were talking behind the scenes. You were asking, like, what's the spoiler policy? I was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you've seen a lot of stuff, so, like, I don't want you to feel like you can't bring your perspective to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I'll let you know what episode we roll. Oh, it's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, just the the look is so striking. Uh, so I was watching with the uh, DVD commentary yesterday uh, because I'm a deeply, deeply prepared. I have two books open next to me. Ooh. <laughs> but th- there is uh, a bit in their, like, location night shoot that we'll get to later. And uh, the, the commentary for this episode is the three the three producers, uh, Big Rusty D, uh, uh uh, Julie Gardner and Phil Collinson, the son of Phil Collins. Yeah, not, I was going to say he's from Iceland. So close. Yeah. Uh, and and they're just talking about how this is how all drama should look. Everything should use these lenses, these colors. Hmm. I agree. No, let's go. Back I'm not going to say everything should look like this, but I do think this should look like we, this. Uh, <laughs> we here at Doctor Ha have a have a, 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 a long standing policy by which we mean. I think we started saying this like three weeks ago, which is uh, this show has too much money. And they need to cut the budget heavily. I feel like you've been saying that since Legend of the Sea Devils, which I think is I think was like you're right. Defund episode. Doctor Who, please. Uh, we need. This is how Doctor Who should look. Uh, well, and speaking speaking of you bringing the context of watching the whole show, just out of curiosity, did you mm-hmm. like the episode where the Doctor watches JFK get assassinated? <laughs> <laughs> Why did he do that? Uh, I'm sorry, that's an audio drama. I'm not very deep on those. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the Day of Dallas. Uh, for the record, this is Series 1, Episode 1, Rose, written by Russell T. Davies and directed by... It would by be Keith called... Thoke. Holy shit, no, hold on. I'm, 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 uh, I'm breaking this story right now. Hire me, uh, hire me, Davies. I'll be here. It'll be called Daleks in Dallas. And you'll never guess who <laughs> no, killed no, JFK. No. Dalek does Dallas. Thank you Dalek very much. Please. Da- you go... It's, okay, open. He got Dallas. shot with a death ray by Lee Scarrow Oswald. <laughs> open Dallas. Exterior shot. Dallas Book Repository. Lee Harvey Oswald is preparing his rifle. And then a <laughs> Lee Harvey <computer>. Davros. <laughs> Would you like a hand? And then he starts having weird visions about uh, uh, all the other assassins through history. But never mind, never mind. We watched the one a great recently. picture of the doctor, though, because we also know that he, I think he did watch uh, Jesus get crucified. We, He's just we like, don't know, we don't know the extent of his involvement. We just know that he knows, quote, what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> there may or may not have been popcorn involved. Who's to say? He invented popcorn so that he could have something. <laughs> he knows, he knows which of the crucified. disciples really did it. And it's not the one you think. Um, oh, <laughs> Jordan, do you need notes? Uh, yeah, I'll take some, but I have the wiki page open, and that gives a good perspective on the, uh, on the situation. So, so yeah, let, let us cast, cast our minds back to roughly this time, like, like early to mid-March, 2005, George Bush is president, and Mitch Hedberg just died. No! So it's time no! to meet an alien. God damn and it! And we don't know where the doctor was when that happened. He was, <laughs> oh man, he could have saved him. He was doing the recount in Florida. It's <laughs> the doctor. Yeah, the doctor was counting all the dangling Chad or whatever from the in the yeah, election. I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, and somewhere a couple years earlier, the good folks of BBC Wales said, "What if we made more Doctor Who?" And, and so they-, they made Scream of the Shalka, a Flash animated uh, serial, and then <laughs> damn, it I gotta work- put that in the pool. It didn't work out hell so yeah, well, did yeah. it? Huh? I've actually been on a different podcast talking about that one, but... Uh. <laughs> oh, I see how it is. I, I love the way that this starts. I think it a lot of things about it feel very different from other Doctor Who that we've seen, but in a way that I think is very fitting for 
like the first episode, you know? Right. I mean, the it's, most different thing is there's no cold open. It goes right to the credit sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Earth, yeah. the big apple. Uh, Rose, it's it's very energetic. I really like the, the music as, as Rose is getting ready for work, and we see all the establishing shots of London, and it's practically playing breakcore, but not quite. <laughs> there see, there like, is some funky ba- uh, bass. Yes, there's a fish. No, funky bass happening. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's like six... we didn't mention Rose actually had her own companion at the very beginning, <laughs> Barry the Funky Bass. She has a fish tank. Got to keep track of like amen breaks per episode from this era of Doctor Who because I feel like I don't know if you know sometimes your brain just edits it in when it feels right, but I feel like there were like six. Like the the actual first shot. Have you done an episode that starts with this precise shot before? Because I, I think Earth. they use it like six times. I Last think Praxius couple, did, right? Yeah, Praxius. We, we watched an episode yeah. two weeks ago where the first shot is. And, and with like the same da na na, like a uh, uh, fanfare. And then the doctor says, Earth. <laughs> Earth. The music in this episode, by the way, is so different from everything else I've heard. It's so like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like singing the Doctor Who theme so you know what show you're watching, but they don't want to like. I, I I don't even know. Are they trying to? Are they hitting me over the head with it, or are they not hitting me over the head with it? It's impossible to say. But, but uh, we, we got this this anonymous teenager. She's running around. She she's hanging out the side of a bus like uh, it's uh, uh, Judy Garland and Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> uh, How old is Rose supposed to be? I know Billy Piper was like eight, early 20s. eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, she's nineteen mm, years she's old. Very in this. young. They, a, a fictional baby. nineteen. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we see she has like a funny a funny lunch with Mickey, her boyfriend. You didn't mention the Jackie stands are hating you right now that you skipped <laughs> over our Jack and Jackie's I, I just great in this episode. In in the rest of the show, she's funny. She That's it. she's funny. she gave me my chronological first laugh out loud of of Doctor Who. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get there. I don't want to get ahead of us of ourselves too much, but. Yeah, she, she goes she, to work at Henrix, which uh, we did learn in the Doctor Dances uh, will explode. Oh yeah, he did bring that up, huh? Uh, she, she like goes through a full day of work, and it's like uh, it's a very montage. full day. She wakes up at seven thirty, falls out of bed, goes straight to work, and she's on the closing shift. This sucks. She's a she's, a, she's an open and close kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that she, if the Doctor hadn't blown up the building, she probably was going to later that day anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> You just see Rose just pulled the bomb out of her backpack. <laughs> but, like, but then the today. doctor shows up and she's like, maybe I can save this bomb for something else. Um, What is the deal with uh, the lottery w- winnings for the chief electrician? Don't know. Doesn't matter. I guess not because he's dead. It Any context has been exploded. It bothered me so, so much that she takes this envelope of cash down to what is labeled the CEO's CEO. office <laughs> in a wet basement. I was like, wait, Chief are we going to meet, electrical like, officer. officer? I was like, are we going to meet the eccentric CEO of Hendrix, who is, like, a funny, like, he's, like, the IT crowd, like, hanging out in the basement of this building? Like, who is this guy? But no, he's... Smearing the- Cheeto dust all over his millions of pounds. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, uh, he's not, he, he's nowhere to be found. So Rose kind of goes off to look for him, and folks, these mannequins... You know, listen, rule number one of media, if you walk into a room full of mannequins, they're going to start moving. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's something about you know, it's it's like much like Stephen Moffat looked at pictures of gas masks and said that's creepy. That's scary. Russell T. Davies looked at pictures of mannequins and said, "Wouldn't it suck if those started moving?" And he's right. <laughs> I like that Rose. How long it takes for Rose to like not think it's a prank, which is like <laughs> all the way uh, down the hallway and up the elevator. I think in the fourth episode, she's still wondering if they're students. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I love though the the mannequin hallway. It's the kind of hallway that no matter how rational you are in your life as a human You're being, be if you had to walk through that hallway, you'd be like, nah. I like when Rose, uh, not to spoil this for you, Sam, but when she meets the face of Bo in the next episode, she's like, I've seen that episode. It's not a spoiler. That's a student in there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Come, it's at least three students. It's a very big face. (laughs) Two students in a face. Three kids in a trench face. Uh, so, so all of the so she's, mannequins. She's in yeah. this like uh, uh, storage space where apparently all the like people who do the the display windows audition. Why else would they, all the mannequins be dressed? I don't know. <laughs> but one of them isn't entirely dressed. It is a lady mannequin with its shirt wide open. I'm so glad that you mentioned this, yeah. so I didn't have to because <laughs> I could. I was because I kept thinking, you know, they can show they can't show boobs on British television, can't they? Can't you they? can if they're plastic, if they're made of plastic because they are out. And, like, and then this is the joke the where Rose, where Rose, and where Rose would chime in if she was hosting this podcast, and she'd say, "They're all plastic nowadays, aren't they, folks?" You know, it's funny. I actually didn't notice this. I was too busy making eye contact with that mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> well, yesterday was it was just International Women's Day, so I guess that's uh... <laughs> it's it's an intergalactic woman. I'll have you know. But um, now we can talk about this because it's Mario Day, right? And Mario, what, Mario is a misogynist? I don't understand what you're where Well, you're no, it's just here. not International Women's oh, Day. Oh, okay, I see. Anybody with that mustache, come on, you know where his eyes are going. And he's voiced by Chris Pratt now? Listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, hey, so hey, she, hey, hey, I don't want to yeah. date this. He might do a really good job and everyone's going to really <laughs> like might, that movie. They might, they might, he might, he might, it might be an Italian. When people, we, are gonna, uh, people are going to be listening to this in an era when Chris Pratt is voicing Mario in the games, too. Where, where President Chris Pratt is the voice of Mario. <laughs> We're going to have egg on our face. Uh, so so all of the mannequins start moving, and some of them don't have breast out, um, and mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, and then a, she, a funny guy. She blames Derek? This is classic Derek. Oh, I Derek. hate Derek. I, the number of times he's gotten me with this. And this time it wasn't him, but he really does do this all the time. And then there was the, who was the guy? Jeff from the last episode with his funny, uh, <laughs> his funny uh, storage unit full of like go- contraband. Please, this I will. Show- I will keep talking about that episode if you let me. <laughs> this show has been on so long. Uh, 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 Jeff could be Derek's son. We don't know. We just don't know. <laughs> I'm see. I'm really sad that we we don't get to see more. I I want more Clive content. I think Clive could have been like a huge character. He could uh, have been a lot of things. He is, he is super huge. dead now. <laughs> uh, so so all the mannequins start chasing Rose. She runs away, and then the doctor, who is the doctor, but we we don't know yet that he's the doctor. <laughs> so but true. he's the doctor. Shows up and he grabs her and he, they run. Uh, but she still mm-hmm, thinks mm-hmm. it's a prank. First shown with just a, a hand bursting into the frame, close up on on grabbing hands, and just the word "run," and then they do so. Very like per, uh, uh, Rose's perspective, not the big glowing light and billowing smoke that it could have been. I really this was the part that you 
you sent me the video of was it the yes. first time this was broadcast yes. that at in, that moment in like they just certain regions like certain markets i don't know how the bbc like broadcast works but some people watching uh had this uh, uh opening tense moment uh, uh overlaid with like off mic audio of graham norton ho- hosting a dancing show <laughs> get it together bbc come on <laughs> I mean, maybe that this was just is... how they wanted the episode to, to be broadcast. You know, it's that... a double-edged sword. We want the budget to be lower, but that's how you get stuff like that. That is, is now technically though? canon. Well, I thought it was interesting is in the in the video description, there was a link to an article that was about them doing that with a different episode. I mean, yes. Graham yes. Norton, if I remember uh, correctly, Graham Norton is canon to the universe of Doctor Who. Because he's I, an institution I, of British TV, even <laughs> on shows that he's not supposed to be on. Apparently. <laughs> Years later, like somewhat recently, uh, this episode got a, a novelization and uh, uh, Mr. Davies wrote it, and he wrote in that uh, our dead <laughs> chief electrical officer left his TV on, blasting <laughs> as a reference to this broadcast. That's uh, oh, Russell, funny. I love that. That's funny. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> okay, I love when they get in the elevator to escape, and a mannequin arm like sticks through the door. The doctor yes. pulls it off with a comical, and then and- Rose just like takes custody of that arm for the rest of her day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the, she asks the doctor if this was a student thing, and he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, oh, I don't know, I thought it would be students. And he's like, well, if you don't know, then what made you think students? I love when he like, seems turns like it around thing. on her and is like, why did you think it would be? It just Tell seems me. like the thing they would do. Because scare uh, her personally. I mean, we're we're kind of in the age of flash mobs, right? Like, yes, it's, it's I was not thinking a bad that. thought. Is I this was improv everywhere? They didn't say flash mob, but I was like, that's probably what they were referencing. Improv everywhere. Scare uh, scare department store worker prank flash mob. <laughs> when they say everywhere, they mean everywhere. In in the basement of a British department store. Living <laughs> mannequin prank. So th- uh, th- this is also the scene where we get Wilson's uh, uh, job description. But now my question is, why is the electrician taking the lottery what money? What is... Yeah, I... Is is this like maybe this is something he runs on the on the side like he's uh, maybe this is just something British people do? I'm not sure that's either CEO's job. The lottery money, (laughs) Sam. What was the uh, what was the fucking thing from from my dad wrote a porno that the the like lottery that they she goes to? What is that thing? The tombola. The the tombola. Is he running? uh, Is he running like an illicit tombola? Wilson, you want a lady? She just had a big lady in the bag that she was carrying around. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, she, the doctor she's does, probably pretty hot once you wipe the mud off. <laughs> the doctor does inform uh, Rose that Wilson is deceased. Rip. Um, and then he holds up a big. I'm comedy. sure there's an audio drama about what happened to Wilson. <laughs> he holds up. He holds up the Counter Strike bomb that he mm-hmm, has rigged mm-hmm. up, and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna help Rose uh, relieve her of her terrible dead end job by doing terrorism on it. Okay, I want to say I love this because this is I, I want to say callback because that's how we're watching the show, but it's not. But it makes me think of in the Doctor dances when it's implied, if not outright said, that he blew up a weapons factory uh, from the place that uh, Jack Harkness got his gun. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. likes to blow stuff up. Yes, yeah. he's, he's a he's a bit of a sicko. We we that's I, why he 
he blows things up and he watches JFK's head explode. Part of part of my preparation for this was, of course, watching the 1995-1996 drama Our Friends in the North, which really put Christopher Eccleston on the map. And he blows shit up in that, or at least his anarchist <laughs> friends do. He's, maybe he brought that. He was like, I'm not doing this if the doctor doesn't blow anything up. If you want to watch Christopher Eccleston dry hump on the beach, that is the show mm. for you. It's like the first scene. I don't know. I if imagine I do. anyone who wants that has probably already seen it. Right. <laughs> I just wish there was somewhere. They have it on a flash drive that they keep on their person at all times. <laughs> this is also the first sighting of the sonic screwdriver. Mm-hmm. How, oh, uh, real quick, sonic screwdriver check. Uh, we we like to we like to assess the uses of the sonic screwdriver per episode to see how bullshit they are on a scale from <laughs> failing to loosen bars on a window to opening up a hole in the fabric of time itself. That's true. That is the worst one. I was going to say it was the twelfth Doctor uh, exploding a target in the Robin Hood episode, <laughs> that but no, the time rule. hole that is was, worse. Uh, in this episode, I was a little mixed on it. He used it to track a signal, which we see he does before uh, has That's done before, fine. Uh, That's and whatever. he shuts off a uh, plastic arm. And uh, what else is he? He doesn't. He overloads the, the elevator control. Oh yeah, that was that one here. was good. I think that I think fine. I'm okay on the sonic screwdriver this week. Uh, yeah, that was fine. He introduces himself as the doctor. No, you know, no name, no anything. That's all. Goodbye. As tells in, Rose to run for her life, and she does. Uh, I'm not sure how safe it is to run in the streets as a literally armed, <laughs> unemployed teenager, but uh, I guess that's my American perspective. <laughs> I did like his line, nice to meet you, Rose, run for your life. That's listen. Christopher Eccleston, Eccleston is very. He's got a. He's got good comedic chops. He's so good. He. I, it was so good to see him again. He's listen. The candle that burns the brightest lasts half as long. <laughs> we didn't get a lot of Chris, but he's fucking great as the doctor. Did you know that he did audio dramas a couple years ago? I had no clue. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that because they will pay him money. Maybe, maybe someday. Someday we'll watch all the Doctor Who and we'll get to the audio dramas. Parentheses, no, we won't, never. They they were making less TV and zero theater, so uh, a guy with that career is like, yeah, I will take your money. (laughs) I have to put my kids in college. Chris gets paid. He he did say that in the Q&A that you sent me. (laughs) They're like, what what drew you back to the role? I needed the money to support my family. Oh, okay. Uh. He, so, he explains here why the mannequins are moving. We should say that, by the way. They're being controlled by a, a transmitter on the roof, and that's why he has a bomb. And I'm going to go like, blow it up. Run for your says, life. He says, go home, enjoy your beans on toast. This is a, a running thing with him throughout this episode. Is he's He's got a little bit of disdain for humans and their tendency to ignore stuff that's happening right in front of him. That's pretty he does consistent the, uh, with the doctor. He really does the, he does the like, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, Douglas Adam thing, where he just loves to call them, like, apes. Walking yeah, around. We, we get our first stupid apes late late stupid in the episode. Apes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he also says, "Don't tell anyone about this, or they will die." <laughs> I didn't really know about the the logistics of that, but it does it does seem to come up. Uh, Rose runs out into the street. Then the building explodes. She is still carrying the mannequin arm for no reason. She takes it all the way home. I don't does know take it how big a bomb it takes to blow up a communications relay, but I know it takes a smaller one than the one he used. He, no, I mean, the, actually, the, the building was the communications relay. <laughs> oh, that's foreshadowing. I see. He blows I see. up like the full like <laughs> they, they went from a square transmitter to a round one. I, I understand. He probably could have just pulled it off and thrown it off the roof. <laughs> 
Samira Yak is a player. He goes full Millennium Tower on this building. It's like the top three levels explode in a fireball. Like he's really going for it. I mean, this is just, he's just doing her a solid. He's I've hired a helicopter. I called it a tactical carpet bombing of this building just to, uh, oh, and also as Rose, uh, runs home, she does run past an iconic blue box. And there's a spooky synth Which I, by the way, I fucking love that Rose has no idea. This millennial, this, this baby (laughs) has, she's never even seen an episode of Doctor Who. She's like, what is a public call box? We do know that Doctor Who is canon to Doctor Who because someone was watching Doctor Who in Remembrance of the Daleks. (laughs) Excuse me? Oh, yeah, they were. They, they it was turned on TV it off right like, when it was being announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Okay, now I get to talk about Rose's I also mom. love the, the, the bit where uh, Ace is confronted by the fact uh, that segregation exists. God. She, Ace is, Ace is so fucking good in that episode. I like when she kills a Dalek with a baseball bat. That's the best thing I've ever seen until now. Jackie is here. Rose's mom. <laughs> She's <laughs> funny. The, the best thing ever is Jackie. Yes. <laughs> Jackie is like bringing Rose a cup of tea. Rose is like shell-shocked watching the news about her building exploding. And it did fully explode. Yeah, it's, it is Jackie on the phone with her friend says she's lucky to be al-. like right in front of rose she says she's lucky to be alive honestly it's aged her skin like an old bible you'd think i was her daughter <laughs> Savage! <laughs> Savage! jackie you can't <laughs> jackie. skin like an, an old, old bible. bible i'm so glad that you yes i fucking gobsmacked by that one Oh my god, no wonder Rose wants to leave. (laughs) No wonder Rose wants to destroy her coffee table. (laughs) And then in comes Mickey, the the boyfriend. Uh, She she lets him hit it because he goofy. Mickey, (laughs) I love that we we have seen Mickey twice in this podcast so far, and the two times we've seen Mickey are now and when he's like a badass in... uh, He's like firing a huge laser gun in Army of Ghosts. Scrooge! (laughs) I think he's also psychic, don't really know what was going on there yet. (laughs) But now he's 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 goofy and silly and funny and he's, uh, he's a little puppy of a man. He practically pees I on felt, the carpet. <laughs> and, and Rose only sometimes likes kissing him, but usually she doesn't. <laughs> she is just pushing his face away. This was so bad for Mickey at the I, end. I felt so bad for Mickey at the end when she just got on the TARDIS without a word to him. I smiled, smiling. <laughs> Because I had seen way, way back when, I watched, I think, the first three episodes, maybe four, but I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, I like Mickey. Mickey seems good. And then we see him in Army of Ghosts on the podcast, and, you know, he's very epic. I I was kind of surprised to see that they set him up as, like, a, a thoughtless doofus who kind of, who, he doesn't suck, but he's, he's just like, he's kind of an he's idiot. He's just normal. He's just okay. a normal, he's a normal lad. He's one of the lads. Which, speaking of uh, one I'm of the lads. I'm going to read a selection from uh, Doctor Who, The Writer's Tale, The Final Chapter by Russell Please. T. Davies and Benjamin Cook. Uh, this book is a collection of uh, emails between those two men. Uh, Benjamin Cook is a uh, television reporter, critic, journalist. Uh, so... It's a good book. I recommend it. Where is the bit about selfishness? <laughs> selfishness. See Ricky or Mickey. Oh fuck! I got I got Ricky. God damn it! Uh, but the the very last thing, uh, which is why you got to get the the re release, the final chapter, because it has some some extra stuff. The very last thing in the book proper is uh, uh, Davies writing about the experience of rewatching Rose from uh, like late 2009 mm. when when he's like 
dotting his I's and crossing T's and then going to America for the next stage of his career. Too many TV characters are just nice, make them selfish, naturally selfish, as we all are, and they sing. That leapt out to me watching Rose again. Long before his mysterious emails, which I'm sure we'll get to, Mickey <laughs> abandons Rose for football down the pub. The next morning, Jackie delivers that killer line, quote, there's no point in getting up. That strand <laughs> continues all the way through to uh, et cetera, et cetera. You haven't seen these episodes yet. Uh, all of that is built into the very first script, a stifling world demanding a doctor to rescue you. I love That's that. That's interesting. But it's also, yeah. I think that Rose acts, you know, selfishly in, she doesn't even like say goodbye to her mom before she hops on the target. She Absolutely does not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Although in her defense, she already knows it's a time machine. So it's like, whatever, I can come back right now. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, uh, Mickey being selfish, I do love yes. this absolute lad moment where he's like, <laughs> He he's like no 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 you can't be drinking tea you you just had like a horrible thing to happen to you let's get you something stronger to- let's let's come down to the pub and we'll watch we'll watch the football and she's like you no he says let's go down to the pub and she says is there a game on right now and he's like well 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 I mean coincidentally now that you mention it is a game. Well, we can watch it together. Then she's just like, okay, you just go to the pub. Don't worry about me. And he's like, yay! Oh, the, and <laughs> before she even she, finishes that sentence, he's already disappeared. But no, because <laughs> she he leaves a Mickey-shaped dust cloud. No, because she asks him very kindly. He does do her a favor. She asks, can you throw out this uh, this plastic arm that I have, by the way? That oh, yeah, she does- set on its own. It's got its own chair. <laughs> it's and there's a very fun... Uh, fucking... Sam, there's an episode where the doctor repeatedly mis- mislabels Mickey as Ricky, and it has, in the, like, ten years since I watched it, it is permanently, I always fucking call him Ricky. Anyway, uh, he takes, he it's takes the he arm. because he looks just like Ricky Gervais. He does look like a Ricky. Spitting him um, he he uh he takes the arm and he he does what a lad cannot possibly resist doing with the arm, which is he pretends to choke himself with it. And he goes, ah! Hey, I would have done. I would have. Yeah, I know. I'm saying it's a lad moment. We love it. <laughs> and there's a very funny callback to it. Fellas, later. fellas, guys, guys. So he takes it and he he throws it away. Also, yeah, in like this... a like a big barrel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also in this scene, uh, Jackie is talking about, like, lining up an interview for uh, right. uh, Rose to sell her story to the Daily Mirror for and 500 she, pounds. <laughs> she keeps talking about getting compensation. This goes on for the whole episode. Mm-hmm, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't I know. Would, for 500 pounds, yes, I would tell a reporter from anywhere, I left my <laughs> job and it blew up behind blew up. me. Money, please. Money, Cha-ching. please. Here's my bank account. Thank you. The next day, uh, Rose wakes up at 7.30 again. This is where her mom's like, why are you getting up? You got nothing to do anyway. Owned. Yeah, we get like a repeat of the start of the episode where it's like the shot of the alarm clock. It's like everything's the same, but yeah, her job is exploding. It's that high energy montage, but we see the bus and Rose isn't on it. (laughs) (laughs) Mickey's dancing alone in Trafalgar Square. He's just like, I love this line from Jackie. I think that one of the things that is so good with Jackie is all the times that she's just like, saying something like from another room just like kind of yelling across the apartment she's like (laughs) you know ariana got two thousand quid off the council just because the old guy behind the desk said she looked greek and i know she is greek but that's not the point (laughs) people always get money off the council we don't really even know what it is but all right so i was researching before i came here i was researching the parish council system (laughs) okay you are not allowed to say that people look greek 
And also A-Levels, but that hasn't come up yet. (laughs) A-Levels, I think I've got through context of watching so much British television. So so basically, like, the smallest unit of local government is your your parish council, and they are, they they have, like, tax powers, but they exist to, like, uh, uh, promote, uh, like, to, to distribute public goods, right? Uh, most notably, public housing. Right, council housing. Like, yeah, right. Like, yeah. Like, like this, uh, like tower, short tower, I guess that that Rose and her mother live in. Uh, the the idea is that your your public housing landlord isn't you know someone in Springfield or Washington. It's the the people you elect that are in your neighborhood that who you like, I see. see. You can go the, to their house and yell at quote, them if you're unhappy the shops, with them. You know. <laughs> As as those weirdos say, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, so, Rose... and also, they're not allowed to tell you that you look Greek. Right. <laughs> you can get that's, two thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds from that. Well, damn, don't misunderstand. That. It's not that it was like. It's not like she like sued or anything. That's just the council no, fee <laughs> to tell someone. You they walk look in. Greek. That guy was like. She walks in and he's just biting his lip. He's like, "I want to say it so bad, but it comes." He's out like of going my through his wallet, pay. like, "Yeah, I think I could swing it." Oh, <laughs> uh, we had a good, we had a recent windfall when my wife's parents died. <laughs> I could call everybody Greek. <laughs> everybody, Rich, you're, you're Greek. Greek. You look Greek. You're and Greek. you look Greek. <laughs> um, there is a rattling from the cat flap, which Rose like chastises her mom for not shutting it in because strays always get in, which. Listen, folks, who wouldn't right? want to strip? Who wouldn't want an open door policy for your local cats? Oh, kitties. There, there's this Jackie scene is so good though. I, I love the part where she's like chastising Rose because working in a quote fancy store, you know, folding clothes at at like Macy's is giving her airs and graces. You're you've been working <laughs> at old ladies for far too long. You're a class traitor, Rose. <laughs> Yeah, she wants her to maintain class solidarity by, through benefit scrounging, and that, that's how we make an honest living by I don't scamming even know what the she's, government. What she's re- yeah, is she referring to Rose like feeling like she's above having to like scra- scam the government for I, money. I think she's saying like like oh, you're talking back to your mom. You're like telling me what to do because Ro- what does Rose say? She's like, oh, mom, I told you to nail that down. Like, I can't. She says like something about like her mom being lazy or something. Uh. <laughs> I'm I mean, too all good she ever to does work is in a butcher shop. She just sits around in her dressing gown watching Strictly all day, so. Mm-hmm. I believe we get a really good shot here of the doctor looking through the cat flap, and he's yes. like, what are you doing here? And she says, I live here. And he I says, live- what'd you do that for? He's <laughs> <sighs> so fucking funny. Who wrote this episode? Whoever wrote this episode is funny. It's Rusty. Rusty wrote it, or was he? He uh, did. Yes, it is. He did. Yeah, Rusty he's, wrote it. Rusty is funny. Confirmed. Funny Rusty. Funny Rusty. <laughs> That's what I'm always calling him, Funny Rusty. <laughs> uh, so the doctor comes, kind of invites himself in, and, uh, and well, no, he's gonna leave. He's like, oh, right, right, oh, right. You're not made like, of plastic. Bye. Right, right. She invites him in. Uh, she she lies to to Jackie, saying that he's from the council, and goes to make him some coffee. Oh my Here's god, a this part, Jackie okay. scene is so funny. Yeah, yeah. this is so yeah. funny. She walks. <laughs> she he walks into the doorway. He sees Jackie in her funny pink mom dressing gown, and she goes. Oh, I'm in my dressing gown. Yep. You're a strange man. Yep. In my in my room. Yep. Anything could happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, okay, and this the is the AU, craziest though, shit I... The, the alternate yeah. universe that presents itself here, where they just fuck 20 feet away from Rose with the <laughs> door Small open. house. Small house. <laughs> I don't even know if there was a door on this, on this, on the, in the frame. Uh, here's the I craziest shit I ever seen in my the life. the timeline would, conv- di- would diverge. I need to know. <laughs> okay. There's an audio drama about that. C- craziest shit I ever seen. Or a fanfic. R- Rose goes to make the doctor coffee. He says just milk, which I think means he just wants a cup of milk. And then he <laughs> looks in the mirror and he, he, he's got like the post regeneration euphoria that okay, doctors there's have. There's so much happening here though. He, and it's all so good. Wait, I, okay. It's, I want to just point out it's one thing. It's a lot thing. of silly business. I want to yeah. point out one thing because he looks in the mirror and he goes, whoa. Look at these ears, and he like flicks his ears or whatever. But he's like, this "Yeah, it could have been worse." Implies that the doctor at some point regenerated, went straight to watch the JFK assassination, <laughs> went <laughs> straight to the fucking, well, uh, and wet, he did all this wait, shit before he ever bothered to look in a mirror. Wait, yeah, time travel. He might do all that after this. Oh, uh, we we we've said many times that the nature of causality is never explored in Doctor Who. We're we're meeting a doctor who has not yet watched the JFK assassination. I, I don't believe you because I don't I don't believe it, you at all. I in think he, that moment, after he invites Rose the first the time, but before he comes back to say, "Oh, by the way, time machine," that's when he does all those solo things. <laughs> it's right <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> Oh my god, he was he went on like six adventures in the meantime and then as, came back. As soon as he saw Jackie O climbing over the lifeless body of her husband, he he just thought, "Man, I wish I had somebody to share things with like that." I'm, I'm very lonely. You know, it gets lonely in the TARDIS. I, I should I should go get Rose. Uh where was she again? Oh uh, yeah. All oh, right. Her, her, he's got uh, man, it's been about 40 years. I should probably go check he's on He's got Rose like again. a little red stain on his shirt. She's See, like, her boyfriend she's was just mind. whimpering in the corner. That that's where she was. That's right. That's right. She's just like, is that what is that? Is that ketchup? Yeah, I yeah, want to yeah, highlight yeah, yeah. a couple other things that the doctor does here because this mm-hmm. is a really funny scene of him like sort of feeling out what his new vibe is as this version of we, himself. You haven't seen you haven't seen Enough of this show, but this happens like every time the doctor regenerates. Well, it's the like, first time, a... so it's the best, and it's the first one I've seen. It's fine. Uh, he like picks up a book off the table and just like <laughs> flips through it and oh, just sad. sad ending. He does uh, like a the... magic trick with cards. Yes, that is my favorite part. He, he picks up a deck of cards <laughs> and he's like, let's see. And he like tries to do like a card flourish or whatever, and he just flings the cards all over the place and just goes, Maybe not. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why you like him so much, because he's and playing with a deck of cards. I'm literally holding a deck of cards right now. I hate you so much. And we know that two iterations of himself ago, he was doing he was sleight doing of hand with cards. He was doing magic. Yeah, that's, that's the right. the doctor. The seventh doctor does sleight of hand. So I guess he, in the two, since he became, what was it fucking called? The Oh, he, it was just the eighth doctor. There was no... Well, and and also the, the war doctor, doctor, and also the uh, the fugitive doctor, and also the funny doctor, and then all those times in between, he forgot the Valyard's in there somewhere. Don't worry, you don't have to know about him. This right. is great, though. We're watching him have a "Can I play the piano anymore?" moment. <laughs> Can I spring these cards anymore? <laughs> no, I can't. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> okay, that's so funny though to imagine the sixth doctor dying and reincarnating, and he's like, he just picks up a deck of cards and starts doing some sixth sleight of hand. He's like, ah, oh, I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> when did the si- when the seventh doctor regenerates, and he's like, I'm going to cover myself in question marks now. It's going to be very funny. <laughs> Hmm, I suppose I'll need a new affectation. I can't wait to do genocide. <laughs> Let's see, the last me couldn't roll my R's. Let's try this out. <laughs> Rah, perfect, great. <laughs> uh, 
at some point the doctor uh i, I do at, love the yeah. idea of sylvester mccoy like imitating machine gun fire on a rap song rap in an audio drama yeah uh, so meanwhile rose has her back to him for all of this so she isn't seeing all the silly shenanigans he's getting up to including when the mannequin arm crawls through the cat flap and starts strangling him he is being like really choked by this thing as rose just turns around and sees him being choked by the mannequin arm she's like i told mickey to throw that out it's men it's a no but she sees him doing he's she's saying he's doing the same bit right she's what does she say she's like you give You're them the a plastic same. hand, they always do the same <laughs> stuff. Or something. I'm going to do a social experiment where I just walk around handing men a plastic mannequin arm and see if they're like, I probably would have done it. I probably would have yeah. done it, too. Like, on um, a long enough time, like, if they've got, say, ten minutes. Before before ten minutes is up, every time. The doctor, the doctor then, I can't tell if the arm does it. Right, it it's not seems... will they pretend to choke themselves with the it's arm, how it's how long, long does it take for yes, the average yes. Man. It kind of seems like the doctor just threw the arm at Rose's face to it's attack auto-comedic her. auto-comedic asphyxiation, yes! <laughs> we we do it to make ourselves laugh. <laughs> yeah, it, it leaps onto Rose's face. I think Officer, she, like, falls Officer, we found, like, we found the body. <laughs> it's like Lieutenant Columbo. <laughs> this one's not a moita. <laughs> He's got a big smile on his face and a plastic arm around his neck. At some point, they, like, <laughs> fall through the coffee table, but Jackie doesn't hear it because she's blow-drying her hair, which is I pretty good. I was thinking about that coffee table for the rest of the episode, because Jackie does go out. She goes to the shops later. Did she just, like, walk... Is Rose always breaking the... Shattering the entire coffee table? <laughs> Did she not call Rose to be like, hey, what happened to the... No, she didn't notice. She was on the phone. She this <laughs> literally comes up later in that same email from the writer's table. <laughs> Hell Yeah. We wanted the we wanted before before he regenerates into the tenth doctor, we wanted him to buy Rose's mom a new coffee table. <laughs> Quote The strangest thing about watching it now is remembering the stuff I get hung up on at the time because writing this sort of thing was still new to me. For example, I remember worrying for months, months about Jackie's coffee table. You should be worried about I was worrying about it too, Rusty. I was it ruined my watching experience because I was thinking about that coffee table the whole time. Dot dot dot, etc. Uh in ninety-nine percent of dramas that would have repercussions. Well, not hugely, but it would at least get mentioned. Uh, if a woman like Jackie stepped out of her bedroom to find her coffee table in pieces, she would never stop banging on about it. I worried and worried and went through all sorts of options. When Jackie's late night shopping later on, should she say she's after a new coffee table? Yes, it would have been really funny. <laughs> she should have. That'd be really she good. She should have been like, Rose, I'm out buying a new coffee table. Thank you very much. Cough, cough. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I get it, Rusty, but also you just... You you you're thinking too much about drama, not thinking enough about jokes. That's when I realized nah, that in fantasy action adventure stuff, funny. certain things fly past and are best forgotten because the action, the characters, the audience, and the writer don't want it to stop or to obsess over details. Move on, leave the wreckage behind you, and I never stop doing that. And boy, ain't that true! Uh, <laughs> just the Doctor and his trail of bodies, and it's called the Moffat era. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a joke that I probably you don't shouldn't make because I don't, I, I don't actually what it means. <laughs> I, I'm just going off stuff I've heard. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I I'll say I didn't think about it. It didn't occur to me, but yeah. Oh, he also this is where he uses the uh, the screwdriver to like disable the arm, whatever. And then he goes, "It's all right now, armless." <laughs> <laughs> 
so. he goes to leave. The Rose is kind of chasing after him, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. asking what's going on. But he he's being very well. He he tells her like, okay, there's a living plastic. Um, does he say the the what's it called the the nasting consciousness? <laughs> the nasty. We don't get that for a while. But yeah. Nasty con. Well, well, he the, says there's the a living plastic. The nasty consciousness. Uh, he says there's a living plastic. It's trying to destroy the earth. Uh, he's trying to save the Earth. They want to c- claim it as his own. This is where uh, Rose sees the TARDIS, and and I think it also plays. Well, it's the it's duck, a long, duck. long one shot like walk and talk yeah, that goes good. for blocks. Uh, that that ends at this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, was- during it, she very fruitlessly tries to convince him to tell her what's going on by saying. You said that if I tell anyone, they'll be killed. So I'm just going to start telling everyone, and that's on you. And he's like, that's not going to work on me. Nice try, try though. T- are you trying to be tough? And she's like, yeah, kind of. Also, she asks him, doctor, your name is doctor. And he says, doctor what? <laughs> Do- I'm just the doctor. And then she says, why do you, uh, Why did she say you try- you're very self-important of you? And he's like, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Oh, yeah. she <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, because, yeah, she said, he says... The mannequins aren't after you. They're after me. The world doesn't revolve around you. They're, it revolves it, around. They, they were going there because you bumped into me. And she's like, oh, so you think the world revolves around you? And he says, yeah. yeah. She says, well, you're full of it. And he says, written yeah. By, written by Stephen Moffat, yes. <laughs> um, uh, this is, yeah, so she sees the TARDIS. Uh, and and I think it's still – I placed Doctor Who theme dot mp3 for a, a couple, second. At least once in this scene, they do the thing where the, the mood totally changes. Do you like it? Do you, do you like it when we go from, from giggly to deadly serious talking about, like, like uh, okay. everyone's going to die? Because we're doing it. We're doing it, like, three times this episode. I did think it was weird uh, when – she says, like, who are you? And he says, he explains it in a very, I thought, poetic way until we find out that it's not poetic. Right. That was really, he says, do you, when you learn that the earth is rotating, this is like, okay, there was a And you're big, like, there's, like, that. that's so hard to believe because I don't feel the earth moving. I don't feel the earth going around the sun. I don't feel it spinning. And he says, I, I can do. feel it. I can feel the turning of the earth and there I can was, feel the revolutions around the sun. Th- there was I'm a just thing. really sensitive. I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an old soul, <laughs> you know, throwing up like all a the hot time. guy. <laughs> there was a fucking, uh, sorry to bring this up. But years ago, the F plus did an episode about R slash INTJ. And there was a post <laughs> there that was like, who gives a shit about the new year's day don't they realize that we are on a body of mass in space rotating at the sun at this velocity while our gal and it's like who the fuck cares shut up and apparently that person that person who wrote that post was the doctor (laughs) (laughs) who is an int an intj legend so Uh, she uh neil degrasse tardis there you go So he says, just go home, forget about me, and he walks away with the arm toward the TARDIS. Did either of you think the TARDIS looked weirdly big? He's a big Maybe. boy! It's a big chunk, it's of a big box. It, it seemed like it was like a few feet taller than usual. It was on stilts. I couldn't tell if I was imagining it. Maybe it was just... So I got my copy up. of Doctor Who Impossible Worlds, a 50-year treasury of art and design open here, and, uh... <laughs> Did you know that the TARDIS is modeled after a 1950s police public call box? <laughs> what? What? I saw one of those things when I was visiting my parents who live in England, <laughs> and I saw one, and I 
I think I took a picture. You fell to your knees and I, wept. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're re-. It's like, it's so fucking weird seeing one in person because I mean, I'm sure the only reason that they keep them around anymore is because they're like historical curios and <laughs> even more so now that they're just Doctor Who references at this point. But it's very weird to see one in person. <laughs> it's just like, whoa, it's, it's real. It's right there. Did you, did you have TARDIS lore in the book? Not really. I've, I've got some oh, okay. stuff about the interior, but mostly I, 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 I figure out the inside. <laughs> well, while we have the sure. chance, while we have you as a, a, a captive guest, I have to ask, uh, how yeah. do you feel about Jodie Whittaker's TARDIS design on the inside? I don't like that there aren't clear sight lines. Like, there's so much in it that it goes, like, above an actor's waist height. That it it's really feels... hard to shoot around. Yeah. I don't like that. Seeing mm. seeing Eccleston's TARDIS, which I think I th- I feel like it doesn't change for a little while, uh, but I could be wrong. But without those big like crystal Elden Ring fingers that it has, it just feels yeah, those a lot are more weird. It, it it's so much more open that. and spacious mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and like comfortable of a space to look at. Uh, my favorite is uh, um. Capaldi's like late Capaldi, especially when they redress the inside a little bit. Mm, that's a good design. Oh, I think we only caught a glimpse uh, yeah, of we, that one. We haven't. We've only seen two episodes of Capaldi, and I think one was really early, and then the other one was was I think we gotta get to, more Capaldi. Yeah, we gotta. He's it's good. got okay. a lot of spots to frame different scenes in. Like it, it's mm. a very useful set that way. And I feel like this is a thing that. The opposite of the classic TARDIS that we've seen, which is just one white room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is what I was going to say about... about, um... It was huge in the first year, and then they had to take it down. And so they they only (laughs) built, like, the middle bit uh, uh, when it had to to go up and down in a multi-use studio. That's why the new TARDISes, whether you like their design or not, are much more impressive they never have to come down. They just stand there for years until they get oh, rebuilt as a new design. Yeah. Right. And and something I've noticed about what we've seen of a uh, of the Chibnall era, the backpack era as I like to call it, is <laughs> and uh, as I don't <laughs> is that uh they barely ever go in the tart. Like it's, they go there they're never <laughs> in it's it. so claustrophobic. It's so claustrophobic. It's a terrible place to shoot in. And and <laughs> I so think about like, it be like, all right, we've got our new TARDIS design. And then like the people who is whose job is to put the camera in places are like, why did you make it like this? And then you fill it with four people. They got <laughs> nowhere so... to stay. <laughs> But yeah, but watch, those four people are Then so you watch, funny. like, the classic episodes, and they hang out, and they have whole conversations, like, always in the fucking TARDIS. Okay. At some point... Okay, well, speaking ahead, of fucking, we go to Mickey's, and he's really <laughs> horny. He's so <laughs> horny! Uh, and she says, uh, I'm gonna go the use your computer thing, while... The first thing he don't... says when she's in the door is t- to take her clothes off. That's right. He says, kit off, immediately. And then she says, That's can I use right. your computer? And he says, don't check my emails, which... <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think that the first thing that the last thing you'd want to do to get someone to not check your emails is tell them not to check your emails. Okay, this is so also good, he though, does not I've, wash his dishes. Like what I've a seen cow. a number yeah. of I've seen a number of Google websites in media. I've seen Catwoman <laughs> go is, on her computer and type in cats. I feel like this is kind of a personal passion of ours. Is like this one is engines. so. It's good. The she goes shit. to searchwise.net, which is the most ominous logo I've ever seen. It's like eyeofhorus.com. And she searches Doctor. Doctor. 
<laughs> the thing is, like, if you did this now, he'd probably be in like the first three pages of Risk. Well, let's let's <laughs> test it out, huh? Hold on, Doctor. Uh, but, Doctor Dictionary places, Doctor's offices, uh, Doctor Wikipedia, Doctor Title, Doctor on Demand. I'm seeing no Doctor. Who. I'm glad we got a demonstration of your new keyboard on the podcast. <laughs> Get that on the record. The, yeah, the I'll, best I'll thing, the best thing is that like the first result that comes up for just Doctor is from the American Medical Association. What is a doctor? Searchwise.net oh, is not like region specific. Like none no, of those doctors can help you. Well, then she but searches she, the doctor. No, no, no. It's wait. Dr. Blue Box. Blue, is the no, one no, no. That, she does a couple. It's like, Dr. Living Plastic first. And yeah. Then she gets like a yeah. reconstructive yeah. surgery thing. And then she searches Dr. Blue Box and she goes to a this man. This is the doctor who gives you plastic surgery. And when you leave, you'll always still be living. <laughs> and then uh, we go. She goes to Dr. Blue Box. And then she finds a website from a man named Clive who will live through the end of the episode. A picture uh, that's a very zoomed in picture of the doctor. But I tell you what, it looks it looks awfully familiar around him, huh? It seems, seems like I've seen this picture before. I feel like this is a crop of a very famous picture that I've seen before. And then it says, it like, says, have you seen this man? He has not seen himself. We are very was, worried about him. It says, I was wondering if that was man? a have you seen this man reference. It says, like, have you seen him? If so, contact Clive. Contact Clive. <laughs> Just ask does. around for Clive. Just ask for Clive. He'll know. He'll know you. You know. He'll know who sent you. Everybody knows Clive. Clive. We we get a scene. I guess we get a scene that doesn't happen. You know. Uh, consult your book, and it says, "I wanted to make a scene where where uh, Rose asks uh, Mickey to take her to see Clive, and he knows exactly where Clive is because everybody <laughs> knows." But. But I just, you know, it just show don't tell, right? So they go in his his vintage. Volkswagen this is why they're Beetle. dating. This, this is a is cool a hell of a car. Well, this was 2005. It wasn't vintage at the time. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's got like a it's got like a cool bumblebee racing stripe on it. <laughs> and Look, for some if, reason, the wheel is on the wrong side. What the hell's up with if that? If you were in 2005 and you wanted to date my now wife, you would drive this car. <laughs> it's a it's a real success it, it work you know it works it works we get another mickey fail boyfriend moment uh where she's she's like okay well i'm gonna go be- meet clive are you coming and he's like no i'm not going in with you what if he's a murderer i this am so saying up- that noel clark dates teenagers by implication and also by accusation so there you go this is um, so uh, this is so of its time uh this i remember like in the early to mid 2000s anytime anyone was going anywhere that had anything to do with the internet you were going to get murdered it was just an (laughs) it was like craigslist if you were going to buy a fucking shelf off craigslist bring (laughs) two friends and a bottle of pepper spray because there is a 50 percent chance you were going to get serial murdered before question yeah question for either of you have I ever been? What the hell is up with the part where the guy t- puts his trash out and like glares at Mickey? A th- a racism? He's racist. <laughs> is it just Sam, racism? I Sam, was like, I hate oh, to, he's, I, I he's hate with to break the plastic it, people. I hate to break it to you about on our our podcast, uh, which I know that we've done a couple episodes talking about racism, and and those are hard to do for us, but. Racism is a thing, unfortunately. I I was Ace wondering if there was any more to it than yeah. that that I was missing. <laughs> she learned about it. She saw a sign, and then she took the sign down, and that was cool. 
but but the future refused to change. Ace did not destroy racism forever. So well, yeah, no. it's because it's because there was a time traveling racist who, when it was going through time, <laughs> trying to stop Rosa Parks. Damn it, Crasco! Crasco! Oh, I think I actually got his name right. For that once. is correct. Class Geek Supo hates Rosa Parks. He hates. Rosa I love Parks. this part though, where she goes to Clive's door and his son answers the door and she says, "Hi, I'm here to see Clive." And the kid yells, "Dad, it's one of your nutters!" <laughs> but who's laughing now? Because it turns out Clive is right. So she goes to Clive's a uh, oh, very shed. pleasant man, very well, nice guy, Clive, great energy on this. Clive guy. Great lives father. in a shed in the backyard, and Mrs. Clive is also overwhelmed with joy to find out that there are women participating in online Doctor Who forums. <laughs> More <laughs> women Doctor believers. I can't believe that this wasn't a Moffat episode because Stephen Moffat famously wrote a dog shit episode of Sherlock where there was like a Sherlock fan club and one of the people in it was like a tumblr girl who shipped sherlock and moriarty and they kiss this is such a this is such a moffat thing of like oh my god it's a doctor who fan club but no this is a conspiracy theorist this is this guy well he is right he is right but he probably you know this is my favorite thing uh, and this comes up time and time again 70 percent right have you ever noticed that every time there's a conspiracy theorist in any kind of movie or tv show they are always always 100 percent right yes and it really really it it drives me me crazy yeah like it's like godzilla conspiracy theorist guy he's like oh the guy in in batman v superman who was like very clearly set up to be like the alex jones Infowars guy but but everything he's saying is correct there's a superman that shit their country is full of supermen (laughs) uh (laughs) they're digging up superman's goddamn body (laughs) get you in bed with a kryptonian (laughs) um so they're making the thanagarians gay Clive does pull out a picture of the doctor at the Kennedy I do want to quickly mention Clive's very, very friendly wave to Mickey of, <laughs> no, I'm not going to kill your girlfriend. <laughs> he doesn't, he didn't, you gotta hand it to Clive, he didn't kill Rose. <laughs> not uh, even once. I have another, I would offer another uh, headcanon. Is it possible, you know, the doctor, he, he mostly hangs around the English. He's not English, uh, but he, he usually seems to hang out with them. Is it possible that the doctor's like, ooh, I've always wanted to see President Kennedy. And he happens to be, uh, there happens to be a motorcade on this day in Dallas. <laughs> oh, what like, better time to what see What better him? time to see him? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, geez, I, I have to this wonder. was that one? I, I have well, to wonder if the reason happened. it was chosen, not just because, you know, it's an event blanketed in photography to use for this, like, dramatic purpose, but because Kennedy was assassinated the day before the first Doctor Who episode aired. Ah. Coincidence? Think, you know, listen, Rusty was talking about drama, action. He should have put he should have put the Doctor in the Zapruder film. <laughs> we should have seen it happen. Uh, November 22nd, 1963 was not only the day uh, John F. Kennedy died, but also C.S. Lewis and Aldous Huxley. So you've got like wait, that. that wait. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you forget how I, damn, I Eccleston cannot... went on a killing spree. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you don't even think about how long certain people live. I always assumed C.S. Lewis died in like 1863 or something. <laughs> Yeah, and then he somehow wrote about World War II. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wait, no, I'm thinking of C.S. Not C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe guy. I'm thinking of. So, uh, 
Who am so, I thinking? Like, I'm thinking T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot, the Alice in Wonderland guy. Who's that? <laughs> Lewis Carroll. George Washington. <laughs> I don't know. You could be. No, it's Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. It's not T.S. Eliot. But but yeah, this this like triple blood sacrifice. Like you've got Kennedy. Kennedy Camelot, like the the hopefulness and adventure, and you've got C.S. Lewis, of course, going Double to kill. faraway places in a magic box. Aldous Huxley's whole like Triple sci-fi kill. commentary thing, and there you go. You, you get the trifecta, and then Doctor Who gets to exist. You just boil these people down into their oh, yeah. spiritual sludge, and the next day you've got a grumpy guy yelling at his granddaughter's school teachers. It it doesn't perfectly match up. The one thing that he was uh, wrong about is he thinks that, or no, he says at first that he thinks that the doctor title is, is like passed from. See, father I thought to it was son. really odd because yes, I kind of thought he, he was switches talking to about them being like immortal beings. Immortal. Yeah, he's, well, he like leans in. He's like, I think, I think I can trust you. Dude's a fucking well, time traveler. <laughs> it's very strange because well, he doesn't say time traveler. He says he's an immortal alien. He thinks that he's which is the, true. Yeah, it, he is. I was really confused because all when he says so he was there at the Kennedy assassination and then there's a mention of a weird guy in a leather jacket like telling somebody not to get on the Titanic and, and then posing there's, for an old timey picture with and then yeah you think he wouldn't get so many photos taken but and then well you know he doesn't give a shit about this he's kind building of stuff. his legend he loves this stuff and then he and in he, all of these he's holding up a sign that says have you changed your mind yet Rose and she's like oh, that's weird. <laughs> he stood still he, for a for like, a sketch yeah, like as the guy sketched him on the beaches when Krakatoa erupted and what I thought when he said like there's a lineage like it's a family I thought it was going to be all the different doctors but it's just the adventures of of Christopher Eccleston by him himself waiting for rose to change her mind i mean this is for people who weren't born yet when there was a different doctor right they like, couldn't possibly the... you say that you say that but it's not like they don't pull those old geezers out of the box every five minutes to be like hey remember <laughs> sure, but remember imagine how confusing this scene would have been for <laughs> true, all true, the first time viewers if he's like and look here he is here's john krakatoa and it's it's a drawing of and colin baker Tom and you're like colin <laughs> baker you said Colin what does that Baker? have to do with anything? You said Tom Baker. You said Colin, Colin Baker. <laughs> my it's favorite sixth doctor. Who, my favorite who? Tom Baker? Colin Baker is the sixth doctor. Oh. <laughs> There's two of them. And There's they're brothers. two Bakers, yes. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the most famous of the doctors. <laughs> Tom Butcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Candlestick Maker. <laughs> Patrick Candlestick Maker. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> What do we fucking call Patrick Trofton? Pretzel. <laughs> Why was pretzel? It was okay. pretzel. Uh, yeah. So Clive says that the doctor has one constant companion: death. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean death. sometimes it's like a cool, like a, like a, like a, like a tribal huntress. Sometimes it's like a punk girl with a hammer and sickle patch the on her shoulder. Seventeenth Doctor is going to be traveling the universe with the Grim Reaper. The di- <laughs> from Discworld, Clive has been practicing Ooh. this speech for so long. I'm so proud of him. He finally got to lay it on somebody. I'm so happy. He's having the best day of his life and the last day of his life. Yeah, well, you know who's having the worst day of his life is old Mickey outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he Again, sees... this is the only thing that I retained from this episode all these years, he, uh, is the trash bin, like, starts bumping and jumping this way towards him. Rose has been by, treating uh... him like trash for so long, he decides to just jump in the bin and get it over with. <laughs> is it possible that, like... 
that Rusty had just come back from a vacation at like Walt Disney World from Epcot, and he was like, hmm, <laughs> "Walking, talking, funny trash can." <laughs> this, this is a story he talked about in the DVD commentary. <laughs> I was at my Disneyland. My it's like the it's the uh, there's a, uh, a a story an apocryphal tale that um, that that uh, what's his name, Sir. Uh, not, whatever Gil- <laughs> well, either Gilbert or Sullivan, whichever one did the music, <laughs> was sitting at his desk and he had bought like an ant, like a, Sullivan. like a Japanese, yeah, Sullivan was sitting at his, in his study at a, a katana that he had bought fell off the wall and he went, hmm, by God, I'll make a play called the Mikado. By God, I should have anchored that better. I should have put that IKEA instruction said to anchor it to the wall. I could have died. I'd better make the Mikado. <laughs> <laughs> Life's too short to not Carpe make the potato. <laughs> but so this is, he, yeah. Mickey like opens the trash bin and is like, "What is in there?" And it's nothing, nothing. And then he gets stuck to it, and it's like icky, sticky slime. Hey, you love sli- we love slime on this podcast. He's, and- he's got to do the most like mime acting. <laughs> I'm, it's really he's funny. Do, he's doing his best. He's whoa, his best. whoa, whoa, it's all sticky. I'm like, he, th- this is all shot in ST. I think this is shot on video rather than we film. We actually even. know exactly what episode they jumped to HD and it was uh, Planet of the Dead. Planet but, of the Dead with well, like Lady s- Christina D'Souza. But when you see it now, uh, like, you know, you put it in your Blu-ray player or whatever, you, you get that, all them them extra pixels that nobody was meant to see. Mmm, mm. yummy. You can see the catering table in the <laughs> yeah. background. They didn't know you were going to be able to see. Uh, it's like a, when they put uh, when they put Malcolm in the Middle on Netflix and you can see, like, Dewey's stand-in in one of the shots and he's just this little, this little guy. I just, like, Mickey, the bin, and the background, each of them are eight miles apart from each other before being put together in this shot. <laughs> well, the bin the bin starts snapping and growling at him, and then it slurps him up and burps. It's very funny. Very funny. See, I'm, I'm a bit bugged by this. Uh, I love this anti-littering I... PSA from 1998. It's so effective. <laughs> it's very funny, but also, later when the... When the plastic friends who i believe are called autons but they don't think they ever say auton in the episode you finish Uh, that thought and then i'll say uh, say a thing it kind of seemed like it was gonna be all plastic all the time going crazy but then it's all like gun mannequins but then we get this one scene of the living trash can and i just feel like we got robbed a little bit but i also am assuming it's a budget problem they could yes afford. i want to say because in our episode on Praxius, which of course is about a virus that eats plastic, mm-hmm. I Plastius. I cut this from the episode because I couldn't find what it was. I was hitting my head against the wall trying to remember what the doctor said when the she was trying consciousness. No, she was brainstorming oh. and she was like, "Could this be the autons?" She and, did say autons. Yeah, and I I saw this and I was like. Oh my god, it was the fucking Autons. Yeah, I, I vaguely am aware of the Autons. That doesn't yeah. make any sense from what we know about the Autons. No, not, not at all. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why she ruled it out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got that because I think it was like three minutes of me just, just going, sitting there uh, for three minutes going, huh? Uh, <laughs> so Mickey has been eaten, and then he gets... Re- Rose comes out having not been oh murdered by god. Clyde. And Ricky... For now. <laughs> Ricky... Th- this Ricky's one is Ricky, great. actually. That's... The- <laughs> He's looking great. He's looking shiny ever. Shiny ever. He's a Lego macro figure. He, he's a lazy town character. Yeah. I'm really upset with Rose for not noticing, but maybe it's because we were watching this not in SD. Oh, Mickey, your hair looks really 
Ricky, you got Lego hands, my friend. Also, you keep repeating every fifth word eight times, and you cannot drive for shit. I I kind (laughs) of wish that we had seen like Ricky like run over a bin, like a bicycle's caught up in his car, like under his car. You're looking shiny today. Thank you. Did you darling, get lost darling, while darling, I was darling, in there? Darling, darling, darling. I looped yeah. Up well, this what happens morning. first is she's like, "Oh yeah, you're right. That guy was a freak. Forget it." Uh, so what? What do you think for dinner tonight? Pizza? And he just goes, "Pizza, pizza, pizza." And she's like, "Oh, Mickey, you're always so fine. You're so fine. You're always swerving your car around and smashing into things." So they go to a pizza restaurant that looks like a nightclub built inside they a cafeteria. Like, so weird. They're going what? to like... Uh, and this is yeah. a real location. There's God, a restaurant the that weird. looks like this, or at least used to. They're probably putting beans on the pizza, too. <laughs> Freaks. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so they're, they're like out, and he's being, he's being autonish and plasticky, and he's doing this thing where he's like, Darling, 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 darling. You could. Oh my god, it's so funny though because she's she's like she's just like talking. She's like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I need a new job. You should tell me where the doctor is. Yeah, he's just like vacantly smiling at her, and she stops talking for a second. It's like, what do you think? And he's like, where's the doctor, (laughs) darling, darling, sweetheart, sweetheart, darling. I like the fact that he was so excited for a pizza that he turned his hands into two big pizza peels to (laughs) to help grab them. I love when the doctor... There's a lot of shots in this episode that are close-ups on uh, the doctor's hands, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Uh, the doctor, who we don't see, but it's obviously him, like, walks up to their table and is like, the the champagne you ordered? And they're both like, we didn't order any champagne. He's like, oh, you sure about that? And then this rules the cork, like, absorbs into Mickey's... I almost said Ricky again. Mickey's slime plastic head. It and hits he him in the forehead and he spits it out. Spits it out. Which he's is really good. He's having a little bit of a, a vamp moment from MGS2. Just He should have had a little hole in his head for the rest of the episode. Fake wine oh, lovers wait. sniff the cork, but real wine heads absorb Taste. it whole. And then spit it out. <laughs> he swirls the cork around in his mouth for a little bit. <laughs> it absorbs all of the delicious ri- wine. The aromas. wine experience begins with the cork. This is where uh, the wiki says his hands morph into paddles, the most dangerous of all weapons. <laughs> I don't know why he made the big squares. <laughs> it's for the pizza. Because <laughs> he was excited about the pizza. He's like, I just learned what pizza is and I want to try it right now. And then the doctor pulls his head off. I really am into the moment where M- Mickey, headless Mickey, is smashing up the restaurant with his giant pizza paddle hands. Mm-hmm. And then Rose pushes the fire alarm and tells everyone to leave as if all of the people watching this headless pizza man smashing up the <laughs> tables is not enough to, like, tell the Listen, well, I got- I, it's not, I was it's waiting not. a month to get a reservation here. I am not leaving until I get my food. This oh, is- shit. Am I in a new episode of Doctor Who? It's been a while. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm only, like, 18 years old. <laughs> What's Doctor Who? Is that the show my dad always talks about? <laughs> so, I, I like the guy who, like, is at the table in his, like, three-piece suit in stunned silence until Mickey's decapitated head starts talking, and he lets out the <laughs> goofiest-sounding scream. It does need to be said, by the way, and I'm not saying this to, like, troll and own Rose, because, uh, you know, she doesn't know what's how this all works, but she does think that this is actually Mickey. She yes. doesn't realize this she is, like, a copy is, of it, him. Is it possible that she just looks at him that little? 
Well, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, it is. A relationship. I mean, yes, it is. But what I mean is, she she doesn't think Mickey has been copied by a mannequin. She thinks they like turned him into one of them. Oh, is yeah, what yeah, she yeah. thinks is going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know that the real Mickey is somewhere else. So she thinks that the doctor just ripped her boyfriend's head off. <laughs> and you know what? She would have gotten over it if he had. <laughs> They run out through the back, and the doctor calmly tells her to get into this mysterious blue box. I love that we don't even see the inside. She just gets in, and we just see her face, and she's like... No, 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 because at first she spends, like, ten minutes not wanting to get into the box and trying to get through a big padlock that she... Pretty reasonable mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she does get in the box. She freaks we out. We just see her face. Yeah. And we don't see the inside of the TARDIS. We just see her face going like, what the... And she just gets back out. She walks out, walks... Ar- she does what I would do, which is walk around the box to see the back. And then she... she uh, Mickey busts on through. Mm-hmm. She walks in and she says the classic line, This is just like in my favorite postmodern novel, House of Leaves by Mark Z. Daniel Lucy. And when are we... And when are we? And so, and so the doctor turns to her and says, all right, where do you want to start? And she takes four questions before asking about her apparently dead boyfriend. <laughs> That's the first I also really like appreciate. I she love asks the doctor. two questions about the doctor before asking one about the late Mickey Smith. <laughs> the doctor, like, hinting at other adventures, you know, she's Banksy, she, uh, and the doctor had sex with Queen Elizabeth, and also apparently the doctor pissed off Genghis Khan, and they were like, yes, I love, I really like that into the classic TARDIS. Doctor Who style line. Don't worry, the assembled hordes of Genghis Khan couldn't get through that door. They've tried. This is when, I think, if I remember correctly, this is when it's revealed that, is this when the doctor talks about the Time Lords being gone, or is that later? No, there, I don't no, think that happens. There are in like this teeny season. tiny. Hints. No, 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 no. He he hints it we, when he, when he's talking to the nesting consciousness. He says he couldn't save any of them. Oh, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm, you're right. But we he does do get and in the like long walk and talk. Time. There's even a bit about like oh, in the war, not elaborated on the nesting's yeah, yeah, lost yeah. all their protein planets. I, I love the phrase pro, protein planet. <laughs> we do get, get something here for the first time. I mean, it's the first episode, so a lot of it is the first time. But for us. Uh, this is the first time we get the full name of the TARDIS, the Time and Relative Dimension in Space. Mm-hmm. It only Gee. took us that many episodes for you to learn what it stands for. One. I mean, normal people, it takes one. I mean, I assumed the T was time, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the fact that the A and the I, all the vowels in TARDIS are and and is. Not great for an A. Well, uh, complain <laughs> to Susan Foreman, okay? She named it. All right, let me. Susan, sending an email. Uh, is, that, is, that uh, an is, it, is she in heaven or is she in hell? <laughs> is there an E in that? Uh, no, no. It's it's the doctor's granddaughter. She named. I think we need to we need to roll. I know we have like a one in nine hundred <laughs> chance of getting to watch the empty child, but we need we'll to just roll, roll that next. We'll just yeah, roll we'll just roll, roll the empty stuff. Not, not the empty not child. The, the unearthly child. child. Yeah, I always mix those two up. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes. Rose, I like, I love this part because Rose starts crying. Mm-hmm. Don't take that out of context. Rose starts crying <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Culture shock. Very normal. And she's no, like, no, no, Mickey's, but Mickey's dead. dead. And he's like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. And then he like hooks Mickey's plastic head up to the TARDIS to like get a signal from it. And then it just starts melting. We it love It starts melting, which I think is because it's been like disconnected from the plastic I think Rusty was really trying to single-handedly meet our 
slime quota for the last like <laughs> Thank you, ten Rusty. episodes. Yeah, he he cares. He cares. He's a very caring man. I think our uh, Grant. I think our 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 first episode was uh, was the, the beast, uh, below. beast below, where they get in a big whale and they go into the whale's big slimy mouth, and then the God, third that was a slimy episode. I think the third episode we watched was the the rebel flesh. Rebel flesh. There's a big pool of There's living people slime. Of slime. Slime. People, yeah. It's a. Yeah. It, we and then it led us to believe that every episode was going to be gacked up, but we named our Patreon tiers after it originally. <laughs> and then we went so we. Had a drought. All the slime dried up, and now finally Rusty is here it's like to give Silica us the slime. I'm changing him back. We're getting slimy, boys. So, so they, they slime f- is back on the menu. Yeah, <laughs> so that's is that what they make the pizza out of? I don't. Yeah. Yep. So, so they follow the this signal. Like, the, it takes yeah. him to the river. Uh, uh, they they have the flop, the turn, the river. Everybody's here, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they pile out of the TARDIS and. Uh, again, Rose is a little confused. This is not where Very I got reasonable. into the box. God, she's so dumb. She's never seen an episode of Doctor Who before. She's <laughs> millennials. It's a classic. <laughs> she says, where are we? But she doesn't say, when are we? Because she doesn't know what the time machine know. yet. And... So, so the doctor reveals uh, everything. Well, we he didn't knows. mention it at the very beginning yeah. of the episode. She, the alarm clock goes off, and she wakes up. And she's really groggy, and she's like, oh, "When is it?" <laughs> I'm so angry at you for like taking this bit because you hate you hate that bit. When did I? When did I? When did I, when, when did I say that? You hate. You famously hate the "Where are we? When are we?" bit. And, and when are we? That. We're, yeah, we're in exposition time, and so yeah, we're talking about protein planets and how uh, the nesting consciousness is a consciousness that animates living plastic, and now it wants to eat up our our yummy noxious Earth. Uh, doesn't matter that we're here, and but he's got a, a ace up his sleeve, a, a, a plan, in a game of black jack. Harkness. And that is called anti-plastic. What anti-plastic. is this? Anti-plastic is my favorite kind of techno babble. I love it because you could waste so much time talking about like how polymers are zipped together and so you synthesize this special like catalytic solvent or you can just have a cool blue vial and call it anti-plastic and just get on with this shit. Mm-hmm. It's so well, good. It's blue it and plastic. On the Doctor Who wiki, that the Nestian a... consciousness is orange, and blue is the opposite of orange. It's perfect. It, <laughs> it was implied that anti-plastic was invented by Ace as part of her work with a charitable Earth. What? Uh, apparently, in, in a in a uh, in a like a novel or something. What is prose? What? Oh, pro- prose is. <laughs> What prose is, is prose. No, no, no. Prose is on the uh, wiki. It's how they denote. Uh, short As stories. opposed to the Doctor Who epic poems. No, no, this is on the wiki. Anything that's a novel, short story, um, anything that's like written in a book what is apparently Doctor Who prose. And in some piece yeah. of Doctor Who prose, Ace invents anti-plastic. <laughs> as opposed to audio, as I opposed love, to TV. I really love yes. that Ace is like a bomb and chemical expert. It's okay, her- Jordan, that's yeah. it. We are not ending this podcast until we have watched every episode and listened to every audio drama. No, this is not audio dramas. These are books. It's prose. And read no. every book. Fine. <laughs> and you know, prose. There you Me, go. <laughs> I just bought two books and I showed up at my door and I said, oh, hell yeah, I love prose. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, it's going to be a book podcast and it's all going to be uh, with, with convicted criminals. It's called Pros and Cons. 
Ooh, there you go. Every good podcast just starts with the name first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how Kyle X Y. That's how Kyle X Y started. Okay. Okay. So, uh, she says, "What's a police public call box?" And also, "What's Fucking a millennials. what's a corded phone?" Uh, I don't understand. Uh, and he is like, oh, "I just don't get." Where could the transmitter be? It hidden? has to be a big, round, it's famous be a object, big, circular metal structure that, in the heart of the city. Be... Where could I find a big wheel? Like and more a big, importantly, uh, when, when could I find <laughs> a Lund- some kind of eye in the middle of London? And then Rose, he's like right in front of it. And then Rose, I bet it's right. Look behind you, Doctor. I will say, I. I didn't like this moment, not because it's, like, hacky comedy, but because it felt out of character for the Doctor to have to, like, stare at it and be like, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, when he talks about the Nestian consciousness, this is when he starts talking about this, he's trying to save these stupid little apes, and who cares about one dying? He's trying to save all of them. Fuck Mickey, I guess. Mm-hmm. He sucks. Uh and then Rose is like, oh, there's the London Eye. It must be in the big famous London Eye vat that's underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> the London Eye plastic so vat chamber. So you remember the first, see, so you remembered Mickey getting eaten by a trash can. The only thing I remember about this episode, when I, when we rolled Rose last uh, week, I remember a big vat of goo in a big, mm. like, scary industrial room. And that was the only thing I remembered, and I couldn't remember anything else. So I'm really happy that... Yeah, they, they find this glowing red, evil, like cavernous in, uh, industrial place. It, the, it is uh, filmed inside a disused paper mill, which is why it looks like oh, this. Okay. And the doctor is going to like parlay this with it. This looks like where you, you wait in line for the London Eye at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. do you, and do you have you like the horrible tetanus. Uh, the doctor like way. comes in on a TV and he's like, hey, what are you doing in here? We got to go this way to get in the TARDIS pods. Hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> Hurry up! We gotta get in the TARDIS pod. Are you guys still here? Um, oh, the people wait! There we missed a like, funny oh joke. We missed a funny joke. Oh, if this I is really funny. Um, it uh, okay. was. Uh, wait, no, no, no. We missed a funny joke. When the when the oh doctor, the breast implants joke. No, there's an even funnier joke. Uh, when the doctor is like expositing that he's a space alien, and she, and she says, "Wait, you're an alien, but you you sound you sound northern." And he says, oh, yeah. yeah, every every planet has a north. Which is, that is a good joke. <laughs> I love the idea that, the, I know he's probably, like, it's, you know, haha, but I do love to imagine that the Doctor, like, the, the, the Time Lords on Gallifrey, they were just, all had northern accents. And, well, the and ones from the, the north. Yeah. The one from the north did, yeah. <laughs> he just regenerate. He just Lots regenerated. of planets it's have a, a South planet. Africa. Mm-hmm. I was. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I did bring it up. So I will say there is a joke where the doctor is like, oh, just imagine what would happen if all the plastic on the planet came alive and started attacking people. And Rose's first thought is breast implants, breast implants. Mm-hmm. which well, I will say good restraint about bringing it up before. and then not doing it yeah. because that would have probably gotten the show canceled in the first episode. If if some lady's huge tits started jiggling with guns. Attack of the living breast implants that sounds like a bit out of like an austin powers movie and they, they speak with the voice of graham norton <laughs> so he they find the nesting consciousness it's a big vat of molten plastic uh and mickey's here so i'm imagining mickey went through a like a big comedy slide from <laughs> clive's house <laughs> to here whoa 
I mean, the bin is on wheels. It's just been slowly yeah. coming here. The whole oh, that's time. like a Dark Souls. That's like how you go to a different place in a Dark Souls game. You just get eaten <laughs> by a big wheelie bin, and it just. <laughs> He's not like chained up or anything. He's just like crouching just there. He's just shell shocked by the Nestian consciousness. The mannequins are like, "You can stay here, but you must crouch." <laughs> he also says that it talks, and it's really funny because, uh, like, he's like, "It talks. This thing talks." And we see the doctor talk to it, and it goes like, wah, 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 wah. "Still talking." Do you recall the first thing Rose says to him? Uh, "Quote: w- You're stinking." <laughs> I want a new boyfriend. <laughs> she this guy's cooler. Hates this man. <laughs> I want a guy that looks like David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> uh the, rose tells the doctor immediately she's like well kill it <laughs> and he's like he's like no, hold no, on no, no, no we're trying to parlay with this thing it is, Don't an tell it. Like, it is a living it. thing i'm not here to kill it i just brought the thing that would definitely kill it but i'm not gonna kill it <laughs> when i'm trying to like do diplomacy i always bring an enemy killing juice with me <laughs> okay he case. says that to it though because he he's like i have to give it a chance and he goes and talks to it and he's like what does he say? He's like, you got here with, like, a dimensional shunt. Well, how about you shunt off? <laughs> yes. Yes. Good uh, and it starts, like, screeching at him, and he's like, oh, give me a break with your constitutional rights. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> My constitutional right says that I can kill whatever planet I want and that I can't get br- killed by anti-plastic. We just hear, like, and he's like, sovereign citizen? Who gave you that idea? I don't care if your name was written in capital letters. Yeah, but he does have a claim of rejoinder. You gotta respect uh, that. He does, like, say, like, paperwork shit. He's like, as uh, with Section 50... I mean, we know he's the president of space. He's, no, he's mm-hmm. the... Pre- I remember, he's the president-elect of the Council of Time of Gallifrey. <laughs> I don't care if you... I this is the part where it like taxes. the mannequins like ambush him and oh he also is like come on give these people a chance they only just learned how to walk the mannequins like ambush him and they pull out the anti-plastic and he's like i wasn't gonna use it <laughs> this is this is nuclear deterrence he knows that if he has the the anti-plastic then the the uh the nasty in the consciousness has to take him seriously because you don't know if he's a rational actor and if he's gonna use it uh I don't appreciate. I think Christopher Eccleston is a very rational actor. <laughs> uh, I don't appreciate how much of the remaining runtime of this episode is just the Doctor struggling against two plastic mannequins. <laughs> it was a little bit over. Over. It was a bit much. They were running short. <laughs> and it's so it's so padded, both inside and out. Uh, but especially mm-hmm. inside with plastic. It like inside the bunker, nothing is happening. At least the things that run long outside the bunker have incidents. Buck wild. Uh, Rose's, <laughs> Rose's mom calls Rose. She says, I'm out shopping for a new coffee table. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the nesting consciousness beams a bunch of blue glowing sci-fi rings out of the Eye of London. And imagine then a- imagine you're watching an early 2000s music video and the band has cast themselves as, as superheroes who are right. defeating an authoritarian regime with the power <laughs> of the beam funk. beam out the rock music. And it looks exactly like this. Uh, except in this case, it's mannequins and they start killing Clive. <laughs> Congratulations, Clive. Clive. Out, You've Clive been vindicated on everything, lovely, and your skull lovely. gets turned inside out in front of your I feel son. so bad for this guy. He's just out. His son watched his head get blown off in front of him, <laughs> oh, well. just like the doctor watched JFK's head get blown off. Oh, well. 
Bye, like, Clive. You see Clive's son screaming and running oh, well. away. It's horrible. And this is Too what I kind of, but like, this is kind of what I love about Doctor Who is that, like, you know, nine times out of ten, these people don't come back. They just die horribly because well, of what there's the- probably an audio drama bit or some prose. <laughs> uh, I like- did like the part where the doctor is like, he gets kind of desperate and he's, this is the part where he's like, you don't understand. Like I, I tried to save them. The war. It was. I did. I did everything I could. Which is like setting up some stuff that we're gonna get with the mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the Ninth Doctor later, yeah. which I like. Uh, I, I know that you, Jordan, are not a huge fan of of like season arcs, but stop. I do like them. No, 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 no. It's more no. like entire show for the next yeah. four years. You know. Yeah. This is different. This is different. What I'm talking about is like flux. when. Yeah. No flux or like silence will fall and then the question and then there's a lady with an eye patch and you go who's that lady with the eye <laughs> I'm patch i'm dying to figure out what was up with that eye patch and then, they, and then they go and then there's a guys in suits and then you go huh what's going on and then they go the doctor will answer the question at the end of the U-. it's it's basically i don't like stephen moffat episodes we've gotten multiple cliffhangers about there being some knocks on a door yeah it's okay to, like, tease things once per episode, but it's, like, these so, stupid... Like, it's basically just the way that Moffat's right, Moffat writes Doctor Who that I don't like. It's, it's I was also fun that for every tantalizing hint we get about some uh, large-scale war with a, with a tragic ending, uh, Rose is giving an equal number of little hints about, like, guys she used to date. And at this point, the show could go either way. We don't know which one of those are going to get followed up on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If this is a show about the doctor taking Rose to different points in her her romantic life so she can kill all her ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Especially wife. the one who she dropped out of school for. That's why she doesn't she have like any dropped A-levels. Out of, yeah, I cannot yeah. t- did she drop out of, like, college? Or did she literally drop out of, like, high school or, or secondary school? Like, she, she dropped out of, I guess, the stage of high school that involves, like, qualifying for college programs. Right. Can I change the subject completely? Yeah. No. You want to talk because... about a different episode? <laughs> no. Uh, but I would like to talk about some pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you see, Clive was born around uh, either 1961 or 1965. I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> In his youth, he was known as CJ. We know this from the persistence of memory. In 1963, when he was two years old, his father, Second Lieutenant Gary Jonathan Finch, was killed by an Imperial Dalek during the Shoreditch incident and had no his death way! covered up by the military. Well, he was definitely born in 1961 then. I can tell you that much. Why does it all come back to Remembrance of the Daleks? My favorite episode. <laughs> well, Remembrance of the Daleks comes back to the Unearthly Child. I mean, I guess that makes sense because Remembrance of the Daleks is the episode where all the Daleks get exploded so it is uh, on 24th december 1975 when clive was 14 he encountered the 12th doctor at a news agent's wait what what <laughs> wait they brought this guy back for a 12th doctor story you know, you know how like this is doctor who wiki is is second only to like uh star wars wiki where it's like <laughs> here's a page that tells you about all the instances of cakes and this is like <laughs> hey remember that one guy he's the uh he's the guy who the pilot who had to learn how to fly the TARDIS in that episode with the fifth doctor. Do you know that he's in a hundred different short stories and all of them are, he meets like six different doctors. We read hold one. On, I told hold you one. Hold on. Wait. This is madness. So this is from the persistence of memory, a short story uh, with the 12th doctor. When Clive was 14, he met the 12th Doctor at a newsagent's, and Clive noticed that the Doctor was using 1987 coins. 
So he followed the doctor into the TARDIS, and it was Christmas Eve, so the doctor decided to take him on a quick trip to the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, And he still didn't know better than the shit he was saying in the shed? Why do this? It just makes it not make any sense. Why why wouldn't he be like, like, by the way, he showed me the Loch Ness Monster. Why is he trying to, like, get to the bottom of a dude that he met and time traveled with? And why is he hanging out with a 14-year-old? They're trying to character assassinate so I guess life. I guess the idea is because he meets a different version of the Doctor, he he doesn't know that it's the same guy. There and he's just is like, there's this, aliens. Th- there's these weird immortal dudes that are involved in in uh, They're massive me. like historical moments of death across history. Obviously, stalked by the Mothman. There is unrelatedly a weird Scottish dude that put me in his magic box and we saw Nessie. (laughs) That's not related, though. Oh, I've got more more prose lore. (laughs) After, this is from World Saved Who Cares. After Clive's death, Mickey Smith took over his website, whoisdoctorwho.co.uk. Man's got a post, Sam. Man's got a post. That was a marketing thing for this season. Like, that that was a tie-in, I think. Like, you could go on the Doctor Who BBC website, and it was, like, in fiction being updated by Mickey now. Who is DoctorWho.co.uk? Defending the Earth. so nuts. Friends fixed stick together. Oh, oh, does this website still work? It's not secure. This is going to give me a web, an e-worm. So you're going to want to go to go to (laughs) go2jo.org. I don't know if this website still works anymore. Damn, that's too bad. They gotta keep that stuff up. Oh, hey, the, have, okay. you seen, have you seen this man? Contact Clive. It's still works. Okay, I can't. He's he's dead. To a mannequin blew his brains out in front of his son. <laughs> Poor guy, these broken image links. Okay, so, so, so we're still in the mall. There's like mannequins standing on the escalator that comes down, using it as like somewhat diminishing high ground to this is like covering the same mall that jackie is at for the record (laughs) this is too real for me Uh, maybe this is like shifting cultural context and also they're british but like seeing a bunch of people get shot in a mall was just not good to see at all i didn't like it yeah it was autons it was okay and they were shooting in america we don't really have much of a problem with autons autons shooting people in public spaces no definitely no it doesn't it hasn't really happened knock on wood no, not not on the podcast though. Okay, so uh, the doctor. Uh, oh my Shuffling god! Nope, sorry. Inch by inch, except they don't Rose. actually show him moving. <laughs> Rose watches the doctor struggling, and she's like, for "It's time minutes. for me to be action lady." She says, "She says like... I've got no jobs, no hope, no cash, but." When I was six, I got a bronze medal in gymnastics. <laughs> this is, I love when, when shit like comes up on this, like, uh, like on our favorite TV show, Secret Life of the American Teenager, when they're like, when I was six, I was the best baseball player of all time in Little League. <laughs> I had an unprecedented no-hit season. She, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe she grabs an axe off the wall. She yes. chops, like, a rope being held. She chops, like, a... I don't understand what, I guess the rope is being held to the wall by a thing and she breaks the rope and then she swings into a big foam pit of cubes. <laughs> <laughs> she, she like chops a, a, like a, a clasp or something that is like yeah, attaching I, I a, chain, a chain, attaching yeah, a chain right. to the wall so she could swing on the chain Tarzan style to kick Which the auton. Which I don't think you do in gymnastics. And I don't think they teach you how to swing on a chain, no. No, no. 
but but that uh knocks uh one of the autons off the, the doctor so he can free himself and in the kerfuffle the anti-plastic falls into the big goo Oops. vat below <laughs> a little bit of a, little bit of a golem golem mountain oh, well. moment meanwhile here. meanwhile her mother is like being her pinned is down her pra- by her mother three- is saying her prayers her mother is seeing her life flash before her eyes she's, and she's ready to beat jesus she's screaming not because autons are pointing guns at her but because the autons are wearing uh, bridal gowns and she does not want to die unmarried that is the the true terror uh, of jackie tyler <laughs> jackie I never got to see you. rose get married and tell her that her dress looked bad oh she would love to do that that's not true i know jackie got married get off my nuts come on <laughs> Wasn't there some, I... I feel like there was something in this episode about jackie's ex-husband she said that her ex-husband was killed by autons all those <laughs> that's right it was that an auton killed him yeah yeah uh, so the doctor, uh, Rose, she says, uh, I got a bronze medal in gymnastics and the railing in this place is set up exactly like the uneven bars. And she does some spins and flips and she, <laughs> she rescues the doctor. And I, need, I got he, a second AU request for everybody. After you're done getting, getting my, uh, Dr. Jackie mad ruddy, uh, AU, uh, <laughs> I want, I want to know what happens to the timeline if Jackie dies because Rose was so busy doing her speech instead of just swinging out the <laughs> Rose was doing like, it's like, I a, a may just flips. be a humble service worker. It's like in the, you know, those scenes, every, every episode of, of New Doctor Who has it where it's like, the doctor yeah. is smart and the doc, and you humans are clever. And so smart. work together, you brilliant humans. She's just doing that for like fifteen minutes as the as her mom and everybody. Cashiers, <laughs> mad lads, come together and work towards come a together and goal. watch my sick flips, Mickey. The doctor is already melted. So, so he's regenerated three times by now. Rose has he's now already, destroyed already... an entire branch of galactic life. Congratulations! I did think it was pretty nuts that that just happens, and the doctor's like, "Hey, good job! Hey, Let's go. you killed it." Meanwhile, the the special effects team blows up the miniature set they're in. Every time you see the ceiling of the angry plastic bunker, that is a mini. That's an actual like balsa oh. wood and paint oh. miniature set. I love that's funny I because love I. Miniatures. I thought that it was uh, explosion dot gif. <laughs> it's it's actual pyro in an actual like special effects hey, miniature set. I don't I think guess. they make. I hey, don't think they make enough. Them, I guess I don't know why this place is exploding. <laughs> uh, well, the, na- the nesting consciousness died. What else can do you, you need? Can you <laughs> imagine this place made of the, it? Like, yeah. How much better would the Satan Pit have been if all the exteriors of their their base been an actual built miniature set? Yeah. Please. Yes. Right, I love like when they I, remake it. You go back and watch like all those Lord of the Rings, uh, right behind the scenes. Like when they did the Isengard, it's all miniatures. It's so cool, and they do all these tricks to make the perspective and the depth look right. It's fucking great. I love it. My only frame of reference for this is when they put a tiny plastic TARDIS on some rocks in the <laughs> When you see, no, it's when the but I'll crashed, take your word for it that it can look good. When they a little model boat. <laughs> What, they just <laughs> broke a little boat? <laughs> okay, they all escape in the TARDIS, and yeah, Mickey we was just clinging. go straight to... The, the whole time, Mickey was clinging mm-hmm. to the outside of the TARDIS like a baby possum on its mother. I hate yes, this. I love Once when again. he just he just like stumbles out of the TARDIS and just collapses. <laughs> I'm like I'm always hate on when shows do the, this kind of stuff where it's like Mickey's straight up traumatized. He has PTSD now, and the show's like, ha ha, what a loser. 
what a what an idiot! Like he's so yeah, he's scared of loser, scared of the things uh, that also, have just like, all, to him. Also, like all all the autons back in the mall are falling up over, falling apart, and like, hey, everybody who survived this, all you you London citizens, every four to eight weeks, this is going to happen to you again. Y'all I better know, get used we, to it. Unit. We talked about this at one point because <laughs> I I didn't really know what the vibe was with Doctor Who. If it was like a Men in Black situation, or like they didn't know, blah blah blah. I couldn't just believe normal. it. I think it was Arm, uh, uh, Planet of the Dead was the first episode we got where just some normal person was like... Talks about the Dalek Oh, yeah, invasion. and when the Cybermen invaded. <laughs> I mean, all of these people, except for Rose's mom, get taken by unit and executed. Stiff upper lip, I guess. My yeah, God. Yeah, no, seriously. It's just, just because it happens in English. They're just like, yeah, well, you know, keep calm and carry on. Uh, werewolves, giant spiders, what's next? Oh, gas mask people? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. My granddad remembered the gas, during the blitz, he said, <laughs> when everyone turned into gas masks, and, you know, that really taught us a lot about how we grew up in, in the hard times, and the, when we didn't have a lot of money, he would always talk about the gas mask children. We get another funny Rose being selfish moment as Jackie calls her. And to Jackie's credit, she obviously she doesn't know what Rose is go, was doing. She just calls Rose and she's like, Rose, it's not safe. Stay inside. And Rose just hangs up. She didn't say anything. <laughs> Does not confirm that she's okay. Does not say like, oh, mom, I'm glad you're okay. I'm going to go hang out Bye. with a funny guy on a, a spaceship Done. now. Uh, then we get, we get uh, this is when the doctors are like, Hey, do you want to come on on my ship? It's it could go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the universe, even. And then Mickey, uh, but don't take Mickey. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. And and Mickey is clutching her like a like a three year old who's afraid this of meeting the, strangers. This is the beginning. He was of eaten by a trash bin. To be yeah. fair, Mickey. This <laughs> is had where a rough Mickey day. is like. I need to a become a rough sticky day. I need to become a badass. <laughs> <laughs> I need to learn how to wield a gun. Yeah, this, I need this, to clean my room. This is the great like uh, uh, embarrassment that really fuels his development. I I'm think. surprised he didn't get like radicalized by this. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's like, back "Would from you like to come with me, Rose? Doctor Who: and The Writer's said, Tale, the final chapter?" Quote: Look, we how were going to have Ricky become a Nazi, but we decided <laughs> it wasn't going to work. Look how much of the show's defined by Mickey Smith. I'd never noticed that before. Rose is meant to be the everyman, the companion, the touchstone by which we measure everything. But the whole episode uses Mickey as an equal and opposite insight. <laughs> Mickey is just the normal guy. Rose it's is, funny, though, because I feel like that's in fucking that's the black vibe. and white. He says, oh, yeah, this whole episode is about how Mickey sucks ass. No, he's it's funny guy. though because this is a thing that I, I feel like I always hear about Rose is that she's like kind of the everyman companion. But I'm like, I don't know. She's like, most people would not do what yeah. she does in this episode. I mean, this episode. is the thing I kind of like about Rose is that she's she's very active as yeah. a, as far as companions go. But I didn't. What I thought this is she became like that through her her ongoing adventures with the doctor. Yeah, no, she's, she's like that she's from just, the first episode. She's just ready. She's just ready to die in every yeah. moment. Like, um, like a, the yeah. last thing she does when they're getting in the TARDIS while the, the miniature roof is exploding and she's just destroyed plastic-based life in the galaxy, she turns around and smiles <laughs> as she gets in. <laughs> yeah, I killed all I of will them. Say, I will say there is nothing that do- the doctors and companions like doing than wiping out an entire alien race. <laughs> yeah, the doctor <laughs> wasn't going to use it at all, but I made him drop it in there. Yes, <laughs> I did this. I did this. So the doctor sees uh, how epic she is, and he's like, "So, would you like to come with me?" But not him. And she's like, "Oh, I can't. I've got. I got to take care of my mom. I got to take care of my boyfriend." And the doctor's like, "That sounds healthy." And 
So he just gets in the TARDIS and leaves, and he and has he goes, audio he goes dramas up, of adventures. He goes, he comes back 2,000 years older, he's watched JFK die eight times, and then <laughs> he's, he, got he's like, tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, now that I think about it, okay, hold on, uh, this is a continuity win for uh, Doctor Who, is that theory confirmed because he doesn't just pop right back to the same spot he's like a block down the street so it's it's like he didn't know exactly the right coordinates i'm gonna i'm gonna counter that that is incorrect because oh, the tardis Mickey and rose walked away oh no also yeah. the tardis has a mind of its own um i think it would have been funny if <laughs> this this wouldn't make any sense it would never have happened but i think it would have been funny if he was like Oh, uh, you coming, Rose? And she's like, no, nah, I can't. And he's like, okay, bye. And then the TARDIS reappears and David Tennant gets out and he's like, you changed your mind? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he's like, he's, what the fuck? He's like, ah, forget it. Matt this Smith is like, comes I, back. I, 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 what about they now? They can't do this, but uh, like, I would love an episode where the doctor, we see like Eccleston die. Like he's... <laughs> He gets put in like, like he gets shot by like a firing or like a what Fredo from The Godfather or whoever, like just shot so he gets many times. Shot that he, by his spaghetti Alfredo. He's uh he's re he regenerates into to Tenant, then he regenerates into Smith, then then uh Capaldi, then Whitaker, and he's just like Jesus. I feel like we Jesus. joked about that in a previous episode we with joked the about, doctor, like, drowning or something. <laughs> we joked about the doctor like re-rolling like in a roguelike if he didn't like his current build. <laughs> <laughs> um and then Rose, that yeah. happens that huh? happens uh in the se- mid 70s the doctor has a uh time lord companion and they recast her <gasps> and the first scene an insert scene written by Douglas Adams is uh, uh this companion trying on new bodies for fun oh my god I guess this is before the 12, li- or the, what is it, the 14 lives limit or oh, whatever. Oh, it's right it in the saying. middle of when Bob Holmes was doing that, just other people didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the fact that Stephen, it's the only thing I like and respect about Stephen Moffat is that his entire tenure with the Doctor Who is just, I will destroy this rule. It has been my life's goal is to get rid of it so that there can be Doctor Who for the rest of time! You know, it's funny. I feel the opposite way between Doctor Who and The Simpsons. I'm like, they might as well just make this show forever at this point. They can't ever stop making it. I will be sad if they cancel it, because it's like, listen, we don't come to Doctor Who for, like, the best written television you've ever seen in your life. Uh, But I do come to The Simpsons for, like, good comedy. They're gonna run out, though. There's only so much history. <laughs> Only they, so many things have happened. But they don't always go to history. They go to like fun planets. And they go to like <laughs> the goofy planet where everybody, where everyone's goofy from, remember, from Disney cartoons. Remember where it was like everyone's stuck in a traffic jam forever, but also they are on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Rose gets in the TARDIS, and then they the she takes ends. one last parting shot at Mickey though, because <laughs> yes. she she like kisses him on the cheek and she says thanks, Mickey, and he says for what, and she says exactly, exactly. and she. <laughs> Runs as fast as she can from him, beaming ear to ear. She's so happy. Turns to around and flip him the V. She got the last <laughs> word on that relationship. And then there's the she next time trailer. It, it, the okay, it's it's, it's going to mm-hmm. be awkward, though, because I'm pr- I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I remember Mickey coming back from when I watched this originally. Mickey so she's going to be like, a lot. up yours, Mickey. And then, like, two days later, she's like, hey, about that. Yeah, so, uh... Sorry. <laughs> Next time on Doctor Who, the Doctor takes Rose to the year 5 billion to show her the end of the world, and the face of Bo is here, and Cassandra, the skin lady. There's a bunch of freaks. Bunch of freaks. This is... 
when I think, what do I remember from when I originally you watched Doctor Who? Lady. It's Cassandra the Skin Lady. The Skin Lady. And how they're, like, spritzing her with water. Moisturize me! So good. It's great. I fucking love this post-revival early seasons of Doctor Who. They're just, they're just, even when they're not good, even when they don't, they're not good, they're just so much fun to watch. And they all look like that. It, it looked like that complimentary as opposed to look like that derogatory. <laughs> it's funny because when I first watched Doctor Who, I, I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I don't know if I thought it was going to be like a sci-fi action show or something. I didn't mm-hmm. really know what it was. But I remember not really liking or getting this first episode. I was just like, okay. Yeah, me but too. coming back to it, like, I really liked it. It's a really strong introduction of the Doctor for both people who have never seen the show before and also for right. people who love Doctor Who and they know all about him. Because it's, like, like, it's, it's not like a hagiography like you would expect now right it's it's he's Mm. he's a goofy little guy he's a goofy little guy and i think the decision to start him in media res already on his own adventure that Mm -hmm. you don't really get like that's just great it's just they could have had him show up and be like hello i'm the doctor come with me we have to do this why don't i look like willy wonka anymore (laughs) but it looks it it feels like episodes three and four of an older serial but it's just when like a side character that first appears in episode three happens to be our, our p- point of view character instead. Right. It's really good. And it's funny. And it, like Eccleston is so good as the doctor and Rose, is, they have good chemistry together. Rose and, and, and uh, the doctor. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. great. It's just a good show. I love it. I give it an A minus. Mm, I think I'm going to give it. Oh, am I going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to get, what, what was my highest, Sam, check the spreadsheet. You, what did I give? you gave the Dr. Dances an A+. plus. I'm going to give this an A. This is great. And I would say that, like, I'm surprised, I'm, I would say that I'm amazed to see that so much of what I wanted from Doctor Who was so present and clear from the opening titles onwards. I, I thought I'd watch something more timid, more unformed, more embryonic. I didn't remember it being that confident, that certain, right from the start. We've got so used to doing interviews. I do interviews, by the way. So used to doing interviews in which we talk about the horrors of production being thrown in at the deep end and the amount that we had to learn and the steepness of the learning curve, etc. that we've forgotten. This was good. This was great. Actually, it's brilliant. And the episode asserts itself again and again, even today, because those 45 minutes established an audience that grew for five years. I'm happy that uh, Rusty appreciated this episode no no those were my words those are definitely oh, me and oh, not you, you. and not one last quote from dr who the writer's tale the final chapter it's very verbose i didn't re- realize you uh you had a production role on this uh on this mm-hmm. what, what letter grade did he give it uh, yeah uh, what i'm actually benjamin cook by the way that's my real uh. name uh if you were to give this a letter grade uh as as benjamin cook what i mean would you give this? like on its own divorced from its job as like a season finale a season premiere let alone a brand new show premiere i, I it's, it's a solid bb plus but like hefting that burden as well and the way it effectively does that it's it's a minimum if not a plus for sure great app i'm glad we got a okay. good one this week okay this is the well. most exciting part <laughs> so uh, right. one last bit of prep i wanted to talk about oh, Bef- yeah. before i came on the show i rewatched spearhead from space uh the first third doctor episode and also the first appearance of the nestines and uh the autons uh-huh. so uh uh some things that really jumped out at me that it has in common one New companion uh, introduced in their job interview, rather than while losing her job. <laughs> <laughs> 
Two, someone sells gossip about aliens to a tabloid. (laughs) We got a long walk and talk hallway scene. The doctor's not in it, though. Uh, The doctor evaluates his new face in a mirror and is at first dismissive, but then decides it's it's distinguished. I could get used to this. Uh, There are men in heavy makeup doing knockout karate chops. There is 70s funk bass. Or perhaps (laughs) bass. Uh, (laughs) And it ends when the new companion uses a weapon the doctor invented to kill the central consciousness while he is being restrained. In this case, by big green tentacles coming out of the tank. I'll come back for you. And also, Ace made the weapon of her job. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like. For her charity. Some of these are just like general alien invasion and, you know, meeting the new cast tropes, but some of them fairly, fairly like, uh, maybe we are giving giving tribute to that Robert Holmes classic, Spearhead from Space. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Could be. All right, this is the best part of the episode because I'm about to roll the next episode. I see we have a measly 7% chance of ever seeing Christopher Eccleston we have a again. 50, we have the chances of not of getting another Whitaker episode. And I'm not saying I hate every single one of them. I'm only saying that I'm tired of them. We are <laughs> astronomical. Yes. It's like We've seen Yaz in like almost half the episodes we have we've like watched. An 80, and I like Yaz. We have like an 80% chance of not getting another <laughs> Okay. The Yaz backstory? Oh, that's a good one. Okay, here we go. I'm pushing the button. Here we go. (gasps) Yay, Matt Smith! We haven't seen Matt Smith in so long! This, uh, ooh, there's no number. This might be a special, I think a special, yes. I I might have mislabeled this. this. I don't know what happened here. This is the Snowman. Oh, it is. Oh, it's the Christmas special. It's the Christmas special. Yeah. (laughs) So is that seven... So this This is is... one of this is the I believe Sam, I think this is the first episode with Clara. Oh. Okay, yeah, because Beast Below was five, Flesh and Stone five, Rebel Flesh six. Okay, so this is the latest Matt Smith we've seen. Here's the thing I didn't know. Apparently Clara's from Victorian times. And you want to know why I don't know that? Allegedly. This is the last episode of Doctor Who that I didn't watch. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Well, you're about to get caught up. I got sick of it when the ponds disappeared. That I'd never watched it again. Well, that'll well, next be time fun. we're going to watch The Snowman. Woo! Right. Finally, Matt Smith again. I've missed him. I've missed his goofiness. He's we haven't seen him so, so long. We're going to get another Stephen Moffat episode. That's fine. Um, what do we do at the end? Well, I guess we got to. Uh, yeah, let me roll, let me blast through the Patreon stuff really quick. Ooh, uh, blast Patreon, them. blast them. Put them on blast. Patreon.com slash potting bros. If you like this, one dollar gets you marked as a oh I changed it. Friend of the show. Just a simple friend of the show. Got a lot of problems uh, with these people. <laughs> with our patrons. Yeah. I'm putting them I'm I'm blasting them. I'm helping. Oh. <laughs> You're roasting them. Uh it gets you access to all of our bonus content. We got Doctor Who, Secret Life, Kyle XY, bonus content. We're going to be watching the third Doctor serial, The Mind of Evil. I've already seen it. I love the third Doctor immediately. I'll say it. He is like your cool uncle who will like help you fix up your uh, a busted-ass car and then take you to a bar hoping you get in a fight. That's exactly <laughs> what I have in my notes. $5 <laughs> gets you marked as a companion of the show, and you can send us a message that we'll read in one of our funny voices, and also a shout-out to the podcast. I am so... 
backwards today. $10 makes you an honorary member of House D'Souza, <laughs> which gets you all that stuff. You can listen to the podcast live while we record it, and also we'll clap for you when we give we'll you We'll clap over your name. We'll give you some applause as we read your name. Uh, thank you to our $5 and $10 subscribers. Dan Big Chanja Silva, JCH, Roy, Stephanie B, Stephanie Karen, Tasty Sea Sponge, Cassidy, Destry Hawk, and H. Cabe. Yay! I also do want to say once again, Dan... Dan- Dan Big challenges Silva because I completely fucked it up the first and You're second a really time. Really bad job. Uh, do we have a message this week? <laughs> we do have a message, Jordan. We're gonna have to read this one together. Oh no! This is from Stephanie Karen, and it's a code Donald Duck voice and Kyle XY voice. How is your Donald these days, Sam? Bad. Okay, so <laughs> so I guess I'll do Donald, and you'll do just no. Nope. You're gonna. We're reading the top right panel of this. Oh God! Look at all these words. We're reading the top right panel. I'm Donald, and you're Mickey, and I'll do my absolute best. There's I'm so many words for you first. to read this in this voice. Oh God! I don't know if I can say this, but I'll, I'll try. Oh my god, hypocrite that you are, for you trust the chemicals in your brain to tell you they are chemicals. All knowledge is ultimately based on that which we cannot prove. Will you fight, or will you perish like a dog? <laughs> what the fuck $5 well spent. I got dizzy doing Donald Duck voice. This is, uh, you give us money to make Sam hurt himself on our podcast. <laughs> well, hey, don't hesitate to ask for it. I just, I'm not good at it yet. I hope you understood those words. Um, okay, let's, uh, first of all, Grant, please yes. plug your things one more time. Oh, I would love and- to. Uh, quick question. This, uh, is meant to go up on Monday the 13th, correct? That is correct. Yes. Okay. That's important for the first thing I'm going to talk about. So one of the things I do is a podcast called Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die, where I, a newcomer, and uh, my best friend and uh, show partner, uh, uh, Josh, watch uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And today, today, the 13th of March, our uh, episode covering the final episodes of Part 6 Stone Ocean went live. That's right. It's sort of the end. Wow. Oh, damn, you so guys like blasted through this out. show. That's a lot of fun. Shit. Uh, and in two weeks' time, we're going to have a special guest on to, to come on and talk about all of Stone Ocean from a more higher level uh, perspective. And then we really are going to be all caught up. Wow. What is the wow. show going to turn well, into after that? Watch. You're going to have to listen to that one to find out. Wow. Uh, also, we are... When did he say it's starting? We have started recording and might by now be uh, uh, releasing our new uh, Let's Play that's on YouTube uh, at Chip and Ironicus LPs. Can I say the name? Okay, I can't because it starts Wednesday the 15th. I can't talk about how wonderfully uh, uh, appropriate it is that uh, your patrons made you read uh, uh, Donald Duck and uh, Mickey Mouse talking about the oh nature of feelings. There's, oh my god! I, no way! I can't no say way. what it is. Maybe are I you fucking kidding me? Holy shit! <laughs> that is incredibly exciting. Uh, whatever, whatever game that you are playing, whatever. I love nothing. Epic Mickey. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's going to come out would. twice <laughs> weekly, and uh, we're we're having a fun time building the background Incredible. for that right now. That's amazing! Holy uh, shit! Also, in a few weeks' time, you know what other long-running show that uh, 
Oh, hi. This is great. We've got one police siren and one car alarm. <laughs> I only hear the siren. I, I don't know if my mic is picking up the car alarm, but my ears are. And and another thing that is coming up soon, another uh, fine television show that certainly doesn't frustrate anyone with the wild swings it takes week to week. Riverdale is back <laughs> for its farewell season, and that means so is a podcast I make with my wife called Sex Archie, uh, where we talk about... Everything that's going on with those crazy kids. Uh, I have not. Every week. Uh, I have not listened to Sex Archie yet. Uh, but whenever I hear people talk about Riverdale, I'm like, how are any of those characters still alive? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> well, surely I mean, Archie they... has died. Or Jughead has been like killed three or four times by now. They've got him back. Well, they the think most his of them are mummies by now. While. Uh, no. Uh, well, now they've uh, catapulted their consciousness to 1955, specifically the day. Uh, uh, Specifically, the day James Dean died. Is uh, is uh, is Riverdale lost? Because it sounds like you're describing lost. No, it's still on I mean, TV. It, you can still watch uh, it. I always hope it'll find its way, if that's what you mean. But uh, <laughs> but no, no, we we have a great time, and it's again, like I said at the top, I never hate watch anything, but sometimes sometimes the love comes harder than others. <laughs> it's, tough, it's tough love. It's t- we only we only get mad because we love. I also have been getting back into uh, game design. You can uh, check out my three games, two of which are pay uh, what you want. One requires you to pay money because it's worth it. Damn it! Uh, and that is at mynameisgrant.itch.io. Nice. Check him out. Well, Sam. thank you for joining us. It was oh, a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, no. This this is a great time. I, I got to... Uh, I, I haven't actually flipped through these two books I referenced in a very long time. And uh, I really enjoyed this afternoon looking through and seeing what would be useful in there. Because, <laughs> like... <laughs> We've, I'm glad someone finally did the research we've been asking our guests to do. Yeah, we, we don't do show, it, but... Yeah. <laughs> revisiting the show, and of course, like, as old as you're going to get of the show is is a treat, obviously. But uh, to also get into, like, I don't know, that point... The point in my life where I was like, whoa, there's a book where Russell T. Davies talks about, uh, uh, like, his perspective and his experience, and, like, you can read between the lines and see why Torchwood is as fucked up as it is. Wow, I, uh, sign me up. I did not know about this book, and I think I will be purchasing it uh, immediately. <laughs> Someday we'll watch Torchwood. Uh, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, do we have anything else to do, Sam, before we wrap this podcast up? We have to thank noisespace.xyz, oh, yes, where you can find other podcasts. Lots of like- great ones. Check Speaking out. of Lost, The Island Shuffle. Speaking of Dr. Ha, The Island Shuffle. Yeah, we have to credit them for the random episode. Gimmick. <laughs> uh, check out Pot of Greed about Yu-Gi-Oh! That one's a good time. I think they're doing uh, 5Ds now. We are back on Kingdom Hearts 2 and Sounds <laughs> About Light. Oh, God. I need to listen and to Sounds About Light. And we, we had some scheduling hiccups, but we are finally going to be starting <laughs> Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer on Zero to Zero. Thank I'm- God. And for my other podcast, uh, uh, Kamarucha Radio about the Yakuza games, I'm simply waiting for Argyle to have played enough of Yakuza Ishin, like a Dragon Ishin, excuse me, that we could actually talk about it, because he has not been playing enough of it lately. Me either. Get on Sorry, it! Sorry, everyone. It's fine. I let uh, you all down. Sam, we've uh, we've oh, had no. a great time this week. We've had a great time this week. I'm really glad that we have a uh, uh, we've it's had so such embarrassing a, when we have a such guest. a well informed guest, a person who's really going to appreciate the way we wrap up our podcast. So, do you mind uh, we all bow our heads and engage in the doctor? Yeah, I'm cutting the bill line. Do you, do you want me to recite it? <laughs>
Like every time, <laughs> no. let me let me just level. Let me just, every time I get asked on a show, people assume that I don't listen to the fucking show. <laughs> I I haven't listened to the entire run of Doctor Who, but I've gotten at least as far back as Once Upon Time. That's what that's six episodes ago. Like I know the fucking drill. <laughs> Feels like it was just yesterday. <laughs> I would never subject one of our guests to our fucking stupid uh, thing unless you personally want to, and I say want to, read the prayer. I would be honored. Oh, please. please. Relieve my brother of his I'll torturous just kick back. <laughs> I'll let the blood drain from my face that's been collecting in I will it. need a copy-paste, though. I haven't memorized it. <laughs> Here. I, did, I did cut the bill line. That felt, that felt <laughs> tenuous. Yeah. Oh, 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 wait, wait, no, that's, it, sh- it should be the mystic voice from the, the, like, time theme introduced in the, God, they reuse that song. Yeah, that's how they do it when they so do it at the conventions. May your life flow like a river. May your day smell as sweet as a rose. May your nights be calm and still as a pond. May you be lucky as an ace in a game of Black Jack Harkness. May Dan, the nice man, smile nicely upon you. And may the doctor light your path through time. Amen. That was great. The fucking Dan, the nice man, smiling nicely upon you gets me every time. <laughs> I feel like it's. I feel like it's really fucked up at this point that there's no mention of Yaz. Why is Yaz? I think. I mean. I mean. May Yaz be there. May Yaz also. May we pray that Yaz does a thing. May May Graham guide you home with may, a, a minimum of transfers. <laughs> may Graham not skip yours. May Graham show up on time. And may Ryan remember a thing he learned in school. He seems to forget that a lot. May, may Ryan's disability be mentioned sometimes, but not actually come up. Ryan's, dis- I, I, yeah, Ryan's disability has not come up on a single I don't know one. if I even I, know what I you're know referring to, so that's good. It's been an ongoing me bit of, do they mention Ryan's disability? And the answer is not yet. Not Wait, yet. do you know what it is? I do know what it is, yes. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever come up in even, like, no. the most tangential capacity. Not at all. Okay. All right, well, Thank you for doing it that. It was great to not have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and as always... Dr. Bye. Dr. Bye. Is that what you were getting at? Bye. <laughs> Dr. Bye. Bye.